This is Coach Bradley, and you're listening to Tiger Football on VSBNRadio.com. Go Tigers! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week nine of the high school football season. Welcome to the BP Electric pregame show. We are here at Energy Field, the campus of Mount Vernon High School in Mount Vernon, Ohio, looking to bring you all the action from tonight's week nine matchup between the six and two Mansfield Senior TY Tigers and the two and six Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets. I'm Aiden Chandler, filling in once again for Nick Michaels, who will be back with you next week for week 10 against Madison. I'm joined uh, alongside uh, Craig Jackson this evening. Good to be back in the booth with you, Craig. Um, and let's get you ready for tonight's matchup. But first, before we do that, last week the Tigers picked up a big victory on the road against the Worcester Generals. Yeah, it was, it was a big victory. It, uh, you know, it started off kind of slow. Uh, you know, Worcester ended up the lead at the end of the first quarter, seven to three, and <clears throat> you kind of thought that, you know, uh oh, you know, it's a road game. You know, things happen on the road. Um, but after that, the the Tigers just really kind of put the the slammed on the gas and they just pulled away uh, with that uh, 35-7 victory, 32 straight points. Uh, their defense was just completely stifling. Uh, Worcester really, after that uh, touchdown drive, they did nothing the entire rest of the night. It was very, very impressive. Probably the most complete game the Tigers have played all year long. Uh, but that does set him up for a, a very, very important game tonight uh, here at uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, beautiful Beautiful scene tonight, folks. Perfect night for football with the temperature. It's senior night for Mount Vernon. Some nice trees in the background. I like the aesthetic. Falls here. Leaves are changing. What can I say? I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, a bit a bit chilly Yeah, up here in the press box with some windows open. 63 degrees, the temperature right now. But before we move on to this week, let's talk a little <clears throat> bit about the defense. I mean, last week, the defense was just phenomenal. I mean, you had Mo Bradley with double-digit tackles, Dalen McGinty getting a lot of pressure, um, Samir Phillips also getting a lot of pressure. The defensive line just played really well last week. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, you sit there and you look at the, the stat line and you see Mo Bradley with 17 tackles, and then you have to go down a little bit before you see Samir Phillips, and it's like, wow, he's only got six tackles, but he's got, oh, wait, three sacks. So... <laughs> You know, he, he retakes the team lead sacks last week. It just goes to show you just how much of a dominant effort that uh, was last week. Uh, and, yeah, ever since they hit OCC play, this, this Tigers defense, it's just been – it's been redonkulous, man. They, they've been on it, and they have just stifled everybody. Yeah, and the offense, you said, uh, rattled off 32 straight points. Duke Reese looked really confident last mm. week. 11 for 19 through the air, 128 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for 67 yards and a touchdown. So um, I think back to that one drive where we got backed up with a holding call, second and 20, had a 17-yard run to set up third and three, and then threw a beautiful 44-yard touchdown pass to Nate Dismuke over the middle of the field. So looking for more of that offense to get going tonight and get going early. Um, well, it, when, when, when Duke's in that kind of rhythm – and you look at the running attack they had last week, they had three different guys with over 60 yards rushing. That's really hard to stop. And, uh, you know, when you got a quarterback that could be that accurate, when you got the playmakers the Tigers have on the outside, and you could sit there and run the ball like that from, like I said, three different guys, 
it, it, it's a nightmare for defenses to try and stop. Yeah, so last week was a great one, picking up a victory against the Generals, but obviously tonight a little bit bigger as the Tigers have a chance to clinch a, at least a share of the Ohio Cardinal Conference title. Uh, depending on some teams losing tonight, they could clinch it outright, but not really favorable with the matchups. We'll get to those matchups in a little bit, but we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the BP Electric pregame show on GoTigers.com. Locally owned and operated, the Life Support Team is North Central Ohio's premier medical service, providing emergency, non-emergency, and standby medical coverage 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Their paramedics and EMTs provide the highest quality care in your time of need. If you need medical transportation, call the Life Support Team, 419-522-2020. If you want to become a member of the Life Support Team, give them a call, 419-522-2020. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back to the BP Electric pregame show. Coach Chokey Bradley in his 14th season of the Mansfield Senior TY Tiger football team boasts a record of 98-52. and And if uh, they can get it done this week, next week will be a big one for Coach Bradley if they can get it done against crosstown rival Madison. But Nick Michael sat down with Coach Bradley to talk a little bit about last week and then to preview this week against the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets. All right, Chokey. Well, last week, 35-7, to Worcester. I know the first half was frustrating for everyone. Um, you know, it was 7-3 to there for a while, but it just tells me that your resilience of your football team, we talk about it all the time, 32 unanswered points there in the second half to get this one done. Yeah, it definitely showed, you know, a great deal of, um, you know, resiliency, um, you know, a great deal of, you know, our, our overall team character. Um, you know, just being able to overcome, you know, different obstacles that the game of football throws at you. Um, so, you know, it's just you know, good to be in that position at this time of the year to, um, you know, see that kind of characteristic in our kids. And I know every game is important, but are some of these games here at the end of the season kind of games where you can maybe throw some, be a little more riskier with your play calling, throw some more you know, aggressive calls out there, trick plays, maybe get some kids in there that really haven't had the opportunity to get some reps? Well, I feel like you should definitely be able to get some, you know, other kids involved in the game. Um, you want to try to get, you know, some of your kids who may be a little banged up or a little dinged off the field um, so they can heal up, you know, for the long for the long haul or, the you know, the second, the second season is what – you know, most call it, um, you know, so for us, you know, we definitely um, are looking into, you know, playing some new guys and and uh, getting them some experience and, and um, you know, looking at different ways that they can help us overall as a football team. How well did or how good did it make you feel as a coach seeing Lala catch that touchdown pass? That's got to feel good seeing number 22 back out there. Yeah, it's good, man. It's very good to see him back in the swing of things. Um, you know, he's still working to continue to improve his health. Um, you know, it's a it's a constant battle. It's a steady, you know, a steady progression for him. Um, but it was all it was awesome to see him run around and, and play the game and have fun and um, you know, catch a touchdown pass there and uh we targeted him a few times earlier in the game and, and uh we're gonna continue to do that. 
and we'll continue to, you know, progressively get him more involved in, you know, in our, both our offense and defense's game plans. I know Craig talks about it all the time when we do the games. He loves the fact that when the passing game isn't there, your offensive line steps up and they do a great job with their run blocking, and Petty's able to get some really good looks with the run game, and Zion as well, too. He's really come along this season. Well, our offensive line is, you know, arguably, you know, one of the, you know, the key factors to, you know, what we want to do offensively going into this season and, and now that we're in the season and progressively through the season. Um, you know, we returned, you know, four out of five guys up front from last year's team, and um, those guys have played a lot of football up front. And uh, we knew that we were going to lean on them this season. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a joy to watch those guys have pride and, you know, being able to block the run schemes the way that we want to run it and, and then turn around and, and say, run behind me. Right, right, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, now we're facing a Mount Vernon football team, and just like Worcester and really Madison, these last three teams, I call them Jekyll and Hyde teams. I don't know if you would agree with that statement, but uh, you know they they beat Worcester a couple weeks ago, and then here they lost to Madison last week. So I almost feel like that could be maybe a concern to watch out for tonight because this team. You know that they're going to come upset. They're going to come prepared. They're going to want to show a better outing than they did last week against Madison. Well, absolutely. You know, these these games are trap games. Um, if you're not mentally prepared or, or not locked in mentally and, and um, you know, you come out flat, um, you know, these types of teams can, can beat you. And uh, they could, you know, gain some momentum and some confidence and, and, you know, just having confidence can go a long way with a team um, like this. And uh, and it's senior night, um, so they're going to be playing with a boatload of emotion. Um, you know, it's their senior's last home game. And, um, you know, maybe their last football game, you know, here, um, you know, at their stadium. So uh, we have to be ready to play from to start and we got to be able to play 48 minutes isn't this the last time too that we'll be playing mount vernon league play do they leave this year or is it next year i believe this is their last year and in, in our in our league um so there there goes another um you know chip on their shoulders so you know, you know all in all man we gotta we gotta be ready to play we gotta be you know dialed in um you know what i mean and and um, you know, our guys got to be ready to perform. So, you know, I love the, the fact when we talk about your defense, Chokey, that they've done a wonderful job with transitioning and correcting what was wrong earlier in the season. The quarterback draw, you guys have done a wonderful job shutting down that play. Now they come in tonight with a running back that he's very talented, and if he gets the right hole, look out, he could be very explosive, and it could create some challenges for your def- run defense tonight. Yeah, you know, you know, they, they've, Mount Vernon has notoriously over the last, you know, five or six years, four or something like that, turned out really good running backs. Um, you know, and that's a testament to, you know, their their offensive line, um, you know, their, their, their coaching staff doing a great job of, of um, you know, making that, you know, something that is very important to them. 
Um, so for us defensively, we got to definitely, um, you know, treat it the way that it needs to be treated. We got to be physical up front. We got to win the point of attack. Um, you know, in all run game, run stopping run, run attacks, you have to be able to win the point of attack. You got to win in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Um, and if our guys can can be successful winning in the trenches, and our linebackers can read their keys and get to the football. And then now we just got to be be physical and be tough and, and tackle the way that we teach it. Um, you know, we should be able to be successful. Um, but, you know, they do got some good backs and they run hard. And they've always had ran hard. And, and um, you know, so um, it's, it's going to be a good one. And lastly, the offense. I almost feel like when I watch this team, they are this close in the passing attack to really pushing into that next level. What have you worked with with Duke and maybe some of the receivers to really try to push them to that next level? Well, our offensive staff, um, you know, Coach Alvin and um, Coach Reese and, and, you know, Coach Bessick and those guys, um, you know, have, have worked overtime with trying to, you know, get our passing attack, you know, on the level that it needs to be for us to be successful down the road. Um, I believe we can run the football, you know, when we want to run it um, with our offensive line. But what makes us a really, really dynamic offense is when we can complete passes and stretch the field and uh, and keep defenses off balance. Yes. Um, currently, we are kind of one-dimensional. Um, you know, when we at our best is when you don't know which one to stop or if you can't stop either. Um, so, and Duke's talented enough to do just that. And we got receivers that can, you know, make 50-50 plays. Um, so, you know, we just got to continue to to uh, focus on us and our weeks of preparation and practice. And, uh, you know, and, and, and in our offensive line got to continue to do the things that's needed to do to protect the quarterback so that he can, you know, he can get those balls off to those, you know, talented wide receivers that we have or skilled guys, or we say speed and space. And the thing I love about Duke Grease the most is how intelligent he is when he gets on that field. When he knows that maybe the passing game and the chemistry isn't there with the wide receivers, what does he do, Chokey? He makes plays with his feet. Well, Duke is a dynamic quarterback when – He's able to throw and run. Um, he's a tremendous athlete. You know, he's a you know a, a, a three sport player. Um, you know, in football, basketball, and you know track, baseball. Um, so he's a, he's a tremendous athlete, man. And when he utilizes his athleticism, you know, within our offense, um, it makes us tough to defend. And you know, and, and not just in the run game, but you know, in the passing attack, you know, because if you, you know, you don't stay in your rush lanes, um, he can find a crease and, and make a big play with his legs. Well, we'll see what happens, and good luck tonight, Chokey. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Aiden and Craig, back to you guys in the booth. Thanks, Nick, for doing that. Um, you heard Nick and Coach Bradley say it. This is Mount Vernon's final matchup with the Tigers for the time being. Um in the Ohio Cardinal Conference. Uh, Mount Vernon will depart from the OCC and in will march Dover, which I'm sure New Philly's happy about as they're, you mentioned last week, they're big rivals. So Coach Bradley seeks his first individual conference title 
since 2013. The last time the Tigers won the OCC was 2017. So uh, a lot at stake here. I mean, it's been quite some time since the Tigers have been able to get it done in the conference, and they've got the opportunity to do that here tonight. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with the BP Electric pregame show. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. What's up, Tiger Nation? This is Nick Michaels reminding you to tune in next Friday night, October 20th, week 10, as the regular season is dwindling down to the final week. The Madison Rams come to Arlen Field in the Battle of Mansfield. And the best news is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. That's right. I'll rejoin Craig in the booth next week at 6.30 p.m. on your radio home for Tiger football, Tigers and Rams. It's the Battle of Mansfield on GoTigers.com. So you heard Nick, Nick there. Uh, Nick is back next week. Um, I, I like how he made it like it was like good, all about n- good news and, yeah. and about him instead of it just being a threat. Absol- yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So there's a, a couple big OCC matchups tonight in Week 9, and Craig, why don't you go ahead and preview those for us? Well, obviously we've got this game here, which uh, could uh, give the Tigers at least a share of the conference title. You have Worcester v- visiting Ashland, which that could be an interesting game. I'm not really sure how that was going to go. I think I would lean Ashland with that. But, you know, like Nick said, talking to Coach Bradley, um, you know, Worcester's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Sometimes you just don't know. You know, like if Worcester played like they did in the first quarter last week against the Tigers, that could be a very interesting game. You got Lexington at Madison. That's been bad blood for decades upon decades upon decades. You know, back when I was in school and they invented the wheel. uh, You know, so – and you look at Madison every week – They've gotten better. They played West Holmes tough. They played New Philly tough. They, they, you know, they beat Mount Vernon last week. So that, you know, that could be a game worth watching. And then you got the big one, in, in my opinion, the uh, West Holmes versus New Philly. Uh, I don't know what to think about that game. The only thing I know is it is going to be a slobber knocker, as Jim Ross would say. Yeah, that's going to be a big game um, tonight between the Quakers and the Knights um, last year. The Mansfield Senior Tigers defeated the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets at home by a score of 35 to nothing. And these two teams have played each other, um, I believe I saw, since 1899. So the season-long series um, has, has been going for a while. It was the first time that Mansfield had ever shut out Mount Vernon in a football game. So wow. that, was, that was interesting considering they've played for, for that long. So the Tigers' big victory over the Yellow Jackets last year, they've played, this will be the 26th contest between the two teams. And the Tigers hold the overall lead in the season series 15-10. to 10. Yep, 18-99 is how far back this series between these two teams go. Unfortunately, this evening, John Davis and Ben May are not in attendance, so we will not have live stats for you. Well, we'll do our best, we, but we're looking at it as – you know, with Nick, John, and Ben gone, you know, it's really party time for, for me and Aiden. You know, we're, we're going to have some fun here tonight. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure they're listening, and I'm sure we'll get a whole list of things we did wrong come tomorrow morning. But <laughs> Nick Nick will be micromanaging and texting, texting blowing up our phones. So, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of stats, though, why don't we talk about the Tigers' statistical leaders in the Russian category, Tank Petty. Jameer Petty has 96 carries, 434 yards. That's four and a half 
yards per carry. His long carry is 28. He's got 22 rushing first downs, three rushing touchdowns. Duke Reese next, 73 carries, 376 yards. That's an average of 5.2 yards per carry. He's got 18 rushing first downs, three rushing touchdowns. His longest run, 34 yards. Zion Brown, another man doing a lot of the heavy work in the backfield. 56 carries, 226 yards. That's an average of four yards per carry. 12 rushing first downs, two rushing touchdowns. His long is 48 yards. So pretty solid backfield to have three guys with over four yards per carry. Um, it's pretty impressive. On the receiving side, the receiving leader is Amar Davis. 34 catches, 595 yards. That's 17.5 yards per reception. Five Receiving touchdowns, 20 receiving first downs. His longest reception of the year, 63 yards. Nate Dismuke, 16 receptions, 527 yards. That's an average of 16.1 yards per catch. Excuse me, 257 yards. I think I said 527. Five receiving touchdowns, 12 receiving first downs. And defensively, leading the way for the Tigers, Mo Bradley, has 10 and a half sacks for the Tigers, 93 total tackles. Samir Phillips, 11 total sacks, 51 total tackles. So though we, uh, we won't get the updated stats tonight, John will do that uh, sometime this weekend by watching the film. It's been a pretty impressive year for the Tigers. Oh, absolutely it has. And, you know, you talked about the, the three-headed monster running the ball, um, you know, that out-of-conference schedule, as we said at the beginning of the season, me and Nick, you know, iron sharpens iron. That was a brutal schedule, and they struggled. They had 123 total rushing yards through those first three games. Since they got into conference play, every game they've had more yards rushing per game than they had the, entire, the entirety of those three games combined. So the rushing attack has gotten uh, going here. You know, I say it every week. I love running the ball and tough-nosed defense, and you don't get any tougher than, than Phillips and Bradley. I mean, it sounds like a law firm, uh, you know, or a couple judges because they're bringing the hammer down on these offenses, man. I mean, two games left, and Bradley has 97 tackles. That is ridiculous. I, it has been such a pleasure to watch this kid play this year. Uh, it, it, he's going to be absolutely fabulous. We expect him to get some more sacks this yeah. evening. Um but, yeah, quite impressive what the Tiger defense and the Tiger offense has done bouncing back from that brutal stretch in the beginning. So we're going to take one more break before we get started here. Both teams are about ready to come out onto the field. So you are listening to the BP Electric pregame show on GoTigers.com. Would you like to be a crucial part of Mansfield Tiger sports and help our Tiger athletes and students? Then join the Tiger Booster Club. Opportunities are available for our Tiger community to assist the Booster Club with Tiger Bingo on Sundays and Tuesdays at the Baco Grotto Hall and to work all concession venues and special events when needed. Our mission is to provide sports teams and students with much-needed funds for uniforms, travel, camps, pregame meals, and much more. To join, call Stan Gilbert, President, at 419-631-0792. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. And Duke Reese rallies the troops over there as the Tigers get ready to run out onto the field. The Tigers rocking the orange pants, the white jerseys with orange numbers, and the orange helmet with the white tiger paw. The Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets got the blackout tonight wearing all black and an orange helmet, so... 
brisk temperatures tonight, 62 degrees as the sun is setting behind us. Can't really see it, though. A lot of clouds in the sky. The Mount Vernon band is exiting the field, and here come the Tigers. So you hate to throw out this word. We'll talk about the postseason. So as it stands, the Tigers rank fourth in the Division Three Region 10 rankings behind Toledo Central Catholic, Norton, and Tiffin Columbian. The Tigers sit there in that fourth position, which is very important because the top four teams in each region are guaranteed to host the playoffs for the first two weeks, provided they win the week, the first week of the postseason. So if that postseason were to begin this week, which they don't, Mansfield Senior would host Ashland at Arlen Field for the oh, second wow. time this season. So interesting to, uh, to watch there, and uh, Nick will for sure keep you posted on that next week. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, we're getting ready for kickoff tonight. Yeah, there, there, there is a one note that I that we forgot to add earlier when we were talking about the Tigers' stats and stuff, and that is that uh, uh, unfortunately uh, Amar Davis won't won't be playing tonight. He got hurt in the game last week. Um, it's just, uh, uh, from what I understand, it's just a a week to week thing, and it's more of a precautionary thing. They don't uh, uh, they don't want to test it. Um, as my understanding that uh, if this is a playoff game, he would play. So, you know, um, but we are getting Lala Owens back. He's getting more snaps. Uh, he's been on a snap count. He's still on a snap count, but he's going to have more snaps this week. Getting him up and running again after some uh, nagging injuries throughout the year. Uh, so I'm going to be kind of excited to see um, without Amar on, on, the, on the field, you know, how, how uh, you know, how much does uh, – Nate Dismuke step up? How much does Lala step up? You know, how much more focus is this running game going to have? Uh, but I did, you know, Chokey Bradley hit it on the head. You know, this could be considered a trap game. Senior night on the road. You got your biggest rival next week. You know, maybe you're looking ahead. You know, I, I know he's tried to prepare his kids, but they are kids. It's hard telling what goes through the minds of 16, 17, and 18-year-olds. So, yeah, and uh – Again, a lot at stake for Mount Vernon, their last last go-around in the OCC, so their last chance to knock off the Tigers as members of the Ohio Cardinal Conference. But we're getting it going here. The Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets, 2-6. and six. Mansfield Senior Tigers, 6-2. and two. The Tigers fall on the kickoff at about the 36-yard line. That was recovered by number 17, Nye Petty. And out marches Duke Reese in the Tiger offense. So the Tigers will get the ball first tonight. Mount Vernon will get the ball at the start of the second half. Game time temperature, 62 degrees, 7 o'clock here at Energy Field at Yellow Jacket Stadium. And here we go. Week 9, high school football season underway. I can't believe it's week 9 already. This, That's, is, this is amazing. <laughs> I kind of had to uh, read that a couple times when I was reading over John Davis's uh, press press information but Duke Reese takes the snap out of the shotgun throws across the middle of the field intended for number seven Giante O'Brien just off his hands he was wide open for a first down yeah he was uh I think maybe he was uh looking downfield to see where the uh the defender was and kind of took his eye off the ball unfortunately because it was there for him and we talk about this October football. It's cold. It takes a while for the players to get settled in. Last week we saw that at Worcester. It was a slow start for the Tiger offense. Well, actually, it wasn't a slow start. They marched down the field and got three points right away. But then it was a slow, it was a slow uh, performance from the offense after that. The defense stepped up big time. So we'll see if the offense can get going here early. Reese takes a snap out of the shotgun, fakes a handoff, throws the pass to Lala Owens across the 45, 50 into Martin Vernon territory across the 40-yard line. He's 
chased by a couple of Yellow Jackets, tackled at the 32-yard line of the Yellow Jackets, and the Tigers are into Mount Vernon territory early on with only 14 seconds off the clock here. So big gain there for the Tiger offense. The chains move, clock winds. Big, big, uh, big connection there for Lala Owens, who's back in the lineup. Yeah, it was a, a play-action screen pass out to Lala. He had a couple blockers uh, out in front of him, and then you saw some of the speed and athleticism to avoid tackles all the way down to the Mount, uh, Mount Vernon 35. So Reese in the gun, takes a snap, fakes the handoff, keeps it himself. He's across the 30-yard line, across the 20, across the 10, 5. Duke Reese into the end zone for a T.Y. Tiger touchdown. Well, he just, unfortunately, he just got an unsportsmanlike penalty because he actually dunked the football over the goal post. That's unfortunate, but that was a gaping hole. My goodness, you could have driven... A, a double-wide uh, bust through there. That was a huge hole by the Tiger offensive line. And just when you thought that, uh, you know, they faked, uh, he did the uh, read option, the entire line went with the running back, and there's just this massive hole up front, and Duke Reese just burned down the field. I think I could still see the turf smoking from him. Yeah. A great decision there by Reese. Faked the handoff to Tank Petty. And he was into the end zone for a 32-yard rushing touchdown. So unsportsmanlike conduct, that penalty will not take effect on the touchdown. I think Mount Vernon's going to take it on the ensuing kickoff, so everything will be normal here on the PAT. Well, I'm sure they've seen enough film to realize that adding 15 yards on an extra point isn't really going to bother uh, Quentin DeBolt. So better off just uh, adding it to the kickoff. Yeah, and it was a... Uh, I think he had his career long last week, and he he booted that through the uprights. So 11-19 here, takes a snap, holds down. The Bolts kick is up and good. So early on here with 11-19 left to go in the first quarter, it's the Mansfield Senior T.Y. Tigers 7, the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets 0. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So I switched my insurance to State Farm, and get this. I talked to an actual State Farm agent who lives in my actual town. And get this, my actual agent in my actual town gave me actual help with the coverage I needed. And get this, my actual agent in my actual town who gave me actual help actually knows my name. And get this, they actually say it's called service. Insurance with a local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Gary Fagan in Mansfield today. This is Amon Thomas, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back in to Energy Field at Yellow Jackets Stadium, where the Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 7-0 with 11-19 left to go in the first quarter. But this is going to be a good chance for the Yellow Jackets to get field, good, good field position after the unsportsmanlike conduct there on the celebration by Duke Reese after his 32-yard touchdown run. I mentioned the kick by DeBolt last week. It was a 38-yard field goal. We mentioned probably good from at least 45. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he drilled that. We'll see uh, what DeBolt can do here, kicking it off from the 25-yard line. Looks like the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets have number 20, Johnny Askew, back to receive, and he's really the player to watch for the Yellow Jackets. The offense runs through him. So if the Tigers can contain Askew, they should be in good shape here tonight in Mount Vernon. The Bolts kick from the 25-yard line is away. A little squib up the left side, received by an up man at about the 46-yard line who takes it just across the 50. That was number three of the Yellow Jackets, Riley Fowler. 
and the Jackets will get the ball in Tiger territory. It will be spotted at the 49-yard line where the Yellow Jacket offense will take over. So kind of unfortunate there. DeBolt, just a little squib. Couldn't really do much. I mean, just the, the celebration by Reese. Kind of inevitable that Mount Vernon was going to get good field position. So their offense is on the field. Can't see that number. Is that number four? Jake Taylor at quarterback. Yeah, I believe it is. So Jake Taylor at quarterback takes the snap, trips to his left, connects with his receiver, number eight, Hayden Higgins, who will pick up 10 yards and a yellow jacket first down. So Mount Vernon, tough loss here at home last week, 38 to nothing against Madison. Definitely... Definitely a lot of emotion coming into this game. Senior night, a lot of these kids last time performing or playing a football game on this turf. So they've got a lot to play for tonight. Last OCC game we've mentioned a couple times. Yeah, yeah last OCC uh, against the Tigers, uh, they're heading to Lincoln, the Lincoln County League. So the snap, is their flag's flying. That play will not even count. It was Taylor handing the ball off. Might be on the defense. Looks like they're pointing on a neutral, neutral zone infraction on the Tiger defense. That'll be a five-yard penalty. It's nice that the officials got a mic tonight, yeah. and it's good quality. Not many, yeah. not many high school stadiums have a good quality official mic, but Mount Vernon certainly does, so that's nice. So it'll be first and five for the Yellow Jackets, 10-45 and counting. Jake Taylor. In the gun with two uh, two running backs beside him. He hands the ball to Askew. Askew across the 30-yard line, breaks through a couple of Tigers defenders down to the 27-yard line, it looks like, which will be good enough for another Yellow Jacket first down. Yeah, uh, Taylor handed it off to Askew, and he just basically did a simple uh, off-tackle off to the right with the lead blocker that was on the other side of the quarterback. Uh, you, you don't get a whole lot more basic than that. But these penalties are, are really costing the Tigers already. So it'll be Taylor in the shotgun with Maverick Gregory, the single running back to his left. He's going to pass. It's a little screen to Askew. Askew catches it at the 29-yard line, and he's going to be tackled there by Tiger defender number 14, Nate Dismuke, with a big tackle on first down. Boy, Nate Dismuke just executed uh, a textbook tackle there, put his shoulder right in the middle of, of Askew's uh, belly, and then just drove him into the ground just planted him like, like I don't know, Johnny Appleseed planting apple trees, man. I mean, he just drilled him. That was perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be no gain on the first down play. We've got number 28, Maverick Gregory, and Askew beside Taylor. He hands to Askew. Askew across the 30-yard line down to the 25, where it will be second – or third and five, excuse me. Third and five upcoming for the Yellow Jacket offense. They're going quick here. They've got a single receiver out to the right. Two split to the left. Askew and Gregory in the backfield. The junior quarterback standing at six foot, Jake Taylor, takes a snap, hands to Gregory. Gregory really has nowhere to go, fights forward for nothing. It'll be a loss of one on the play. Yeah, they tried to trick the Tigers up that time by switching, uh, switching who they handed the ball off to, thinking everybody was going to follow Askew. Uh, the running backs crisscrossed in the backfield, but the Tigers weren't buying it, and uh, – Dropped them. It looked for a loss of one, I believe. Yeah, so it'll be fourth and four. The Yellow Jackets are going to head attempt the field goal here. Field goal kicker for the Yellow Jackets is Gabe Montoya. Jake Taylor, the holder. Tigers got close a couple times last week. The kick is away. It's low, and it's not even going to get 
up in the air or to the goalpost. So that kick is no good with 8.36 left to go in the first quarter. The Tigers are going to take back over on offense. At the, uh, They'll get it at their own 21-yard line. Yeah, I mean, that kick, like you said, it, it really wasn't even close. Uh, reminds me of uh, that scene in uh, Major League with Bob Euchre saying, just a bit outside, because that's about as close as it was. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that, was, that was pretty harsh. Not much wind. It just, just didn't come off the foot very well there of Montoya. So the Tiger offense will take back over after a quick drive, the 41-second uh, the drive where they scored seven points off the Duke-Reese touchdown run. So Reese will take the snap. He's going to throw the pass out to Dismuke, I believe. Dismuke across the 30-yard line, breaks free from a couple of Mount Vernon defenders. Not being e he's not easy to take down, and he's going to get tackled at the 37-yard line, it looks like. That'll be a gain of 17 yards and a Tiger first down. Yeah, just a quick uh, pass from uh, Reese to Dismuke, and Dismuke uh, did a little juke out there and got Luke Hubbard loosened the ankles and uh, was able to get that 17-yard gain, but now we've got a stoppage of play. The Tigers tried to snap it quick. The whistles were blown by the officials. I don't see any flags on the field. So we are uh, not really sure what's going on. I wonder if it was a clock issue. Yeah, either that or maybe one of the officials wasn't set for play. we got a microphone on the official tonight, so we'll hear... Eight twenty-eight. So they're bumping up the clock a little bit, adding three seconds from eight twenty-five to eight twenty-eight. Tigers got a first and ten at their own thirty-seven-yard line. A couple of tiger or a couple of yellow jackets jumped off sides, and that'll be an encroachment penalty on the yellow jackets, moving the Tigers forward five yards. So it'll be first and five from the forty-three-yard line for the Tiger offense. We've got number seven, Jayante O'Brien, the senior receiver, out to the left on the field side. And Nate Dismuke, Lala Owens, lined, Owens is lined up as a tight end on the line. Dismuke out to the right. Reese takes a snap, hands to Brown. Zion Brown, flags fly, gets tackled at the 46-yard line. Yeah, there was uh, there was some holding over there. I believe it was 79 that uh, that was uh, Jameer Dotson. That was the guilty party. Holding offense number 79. Yep, good call there, Craig. One for one tonight. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often. <laughs> See, uh, Nick will tell you that when he sees you. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally we'd have John and Ben screaming behind us, but as we mentioned in the pregame show, John Davis and Ben May are not here tonight, so we don't have live stats, but we're doing our best here, uh, tracking scoring plays and um, penalties, I think, of that nature. So it'll be first and 15 for the Tigers after the holding penalty. Reese takes the snap, hands it to Brown. Brown breaks through the line across the 35-yard line, tackled at the 36-yard line by number 24 of the Yellow Jackets. That is Aiden Kennedy. And it'll be second and 12, it looks like, for the Tiger offense. 
with 7.56 left to go. If you're just joining us, Aiden Chandler alongside Craig Jackson here in week nine of the high school football season from Mount Vernon High School, Energy Field at Yellow Jackets Stadium, where the Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 7 to nothing early on here in the first quarter. Two receivers out to the right for the Tigers. Reese with Zion Brown in the backfield beside him. Takes a snap out of the shotgun. Looks to pass. Looking downfield for a wide open oh. Tiger receiver. That's number seven, Giantio Bryant. But he's just overthrown. He had him up the sideline there, Craig. Yeah, he did. Unfortunately, Duke did overthrow him. But, uh, yeah, Giante Brown was wide open. Uh, I didn't see what happened on the other side to get him so wide open. I was watching the motion over here. I thought he was going to throw a screen pass out here to, to, the, to the running back. Uh, but whatever he did, whatever Duke Mookie did, he was wide open, and unfortunately Duke just, just overthrew him just a tiny bit. Yeah, it's one of those things as a quarterback where you see a wide open receiver early on in a big conference matchup. You just get a little antsy and overthrow him. So great route there by O'Brien, but anyway, it'll be third and 12 for the Tiger offense. Reese takes the snap out of the gun. Little pressure from the Yellow Jackets, rolls out to his left. The flags fly for a hold. Pass intended down to the field for Lala Owens, but it's incomplete. And I imagine the Yellow Jackets will probably just decline decline that penalty. Looked like a hold on the Tigers. Yeah, I believe it was uh, 79 again. Craig, you're two for two. Not a good thing to be excited about predicting. Yeah. But, uh, Unfortunately, yeah. So that will be declined by the Yellow Jackets. It will bring up fourth and 12, and the bolt will be on the punt for the Tigers. Unfortunate little little drive stalled there by a few penalties um, after you had a first and five set up from the Yellow Jacket uh, encroachment penalty. But a, a few holdings set you back. Little stalled drive. The Bolt is out to punt it away. You got Askew deep for the Yellow Jackets. The Bolt's punt is away. Lands at the 34-yard line. Askew recovers. He's across the 30. Doesn't really have any blockers up the left side, but he's across the 45-50. Down to the Tiger, 45, and the Yellow Jackets. Second drive of the night. Second time they will start with the football in Tiger territory. So we're going to take a very quick break. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So I switched my insurance to State Farm, and get this. I talked to an actual State Farm agent who lives in my actual town. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town gave me actual help with the coverage I needed. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town who gave me actual help actually knows my name. And get this, they actually say it's called service. Insurance with a local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Gary Fagan in Mansfield today. This is Amon Thomas and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back to Energy Field. Jake Taylor rolls back, throws downfield, intended for number 33 of the Yellow Jackets. Dalton Lamb falls incomplete. Great coverage there by a Tiger defender. So it'll be second and 10. Yeah, Giante O'Brien almost ended up with another uh, pick six there. If he could have just held on to that, there was nothing between him and the end zone. Yeah, great coverage there by the Tiger defensive back. So second and 10 from the Tigers' 47-yard line. Jake Taylor takes a snap, pitches it out to Askew. Askew across the 45, breaks through down to the 39-yard line. Or they're going to spot him at the 40-yard line. So that is a carry of seven yards on second and ten. We'll set up third and three for the Yellow Jacket offense. 
Yeah, Askew uh, on the punt returning on that run there is definitely showing why the Tigers need to be very wary of where he's at on the field. So Taylor with Askew and Gregory beside him, the two tailbacks. You got two receivers out to the left, a single receiver out to the right. Clock is running, 6.28 and counting here early in the first quarter. Taylor takes the snap, fakes a handoff to Gregory, rolls. He's pressured by McGinty. We'll just have to elect to throw it away, and I don't know if he made it outside of the tackle box. There was no receiver in the area. The Tiger, the Tiger coaches are calling for a flag. Looks like they're going to talk here about this one. I didn't see any receivers in the area. No, I didn't. It's all about if he got outside that tackle box um, because, yeah, the motion for all the receivers was to go from left to right, and then he got the pressure, so he rolled out from right to left. There's the flag. Yep, they're going to call an intentional grounding here. So that'll be loss of down. So it'll bring up fourth down, and they'll march backwards. Yeah, they're literally uh, – there literally wasn't even a receiver on that side of the field at that point. Yeah, it did not look like the uh, quarterback, Taylor, got out of the pocket, and the officials saw the same thing we did. So it'll bring up a long fourth down, and the Yellow Jackets are going to punt. So the ball's spotted at the Yellow Jackets, 45. That brings up a long fourth down. Let's see, fourth and 17. Fourth and 17, I believe. So the snap to the punter, a little high, but he's able to get it off. Wow. Down there is Nate Dismuke to receive, but he's going to get out of the way, and the ball is going to take a yellow jacket bounce inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line. The jackets are on the ground trying to blow it. It looks like it got down to about the 2-yard line. So the, so the yellow jackets, a great execute, uh, execution there on the punt after a costly penalty. And the Tigers are going to have a long way to go to get to the end zone. That was a, that was a great punt there by the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I don't know which uh, impressed me more, the punt or the fact that uh, the, the punter, you know, there's generally that standard yardage between the center and the punter. The punter looked like he was lined up even further back than normal, and the ball still almost went over his head. So whoever their long snapper is, he's, he, he can he – can, he can sh uh, shoot it back there, man. Yeah, that was a, that was a uh, impressive punt there. Officials are going to. So the Tigers will have to go 99 yards to get into the end zone. The ball is spotted at the one-yard line. So an impressive punt we mentioned there for the Yellow Jackets. Um, the Tigers with a little bit, just a little bit of adversity here early on. Uh, still leads 7 to nothing with 6.07 left in the first quarter, uh, but their backs are against the end zone here. So, well, I, think, I think, you know, it's early, but I think as so far, I think it's pretty safe to say the only thing stopping the Tigers, though, is the Tigers. Absolutely. The penalties, the yeah, penalties, the penalties. proving costly here early on. Yeah. So Duke Reese, I think, I think that's Brown in the backfield. Reese standing in the end zone, takes a snap. Fakes the handoff, throws to Dismuke at the five. Dismuke breaks three from a few Yellow Jacket defenders across the 15, across the 20-yard line, down to the 25-yard line. That's a big first down gain for the Tigers. Yeah, that was just like a real quick hitch route, and uh, uh, Reese threw it out to uh, Dismuke, and uh, uh, Giante O'Brien was out there blocking, and that opened up the sideline for him, and uh, 
Dismute gave them some much-needed breathing space. Yeah, so the ball at the 25. That's a gain of 24 on the first and 10 from the one-yard line for the Tiger offense. That was, yeah, that was a huge play. So two receivers out to the right. We got Lala Owens, Nate Dismuke, a single receiver, Jonte O'Brien to the left. Reese with Brown in the backfield. Takes a snap, fakes the handoff, looks to Dismuke again. Dismuke catches the ball across the 35-yard line, across the 40. Breaks through from a few Mount Vernon defenders. He's across the 50, 40, 30. Down to the 25 of the Yellow Jackets where he will run out of bounds. And the Tigers' offense is moving here on their third drive of the game. Yeah, uh... Just like last week, we saw where uh, it looked, you know, uh, wow, that's a really, really, really late flag. So they're pointing to the Tigers. I don't know. They're pointing at the bench, so somebody on the bench said something. I don't know who. I see Chokey Bradley over there yelling at somebody. That. And, it, and it's a player who he's yelling at. Yeah, that's a, that is a. That, wow. That Costly is. mistake there. A big gain for Nate Dismuke. But so they actually called it. Yeah, they called that on Dismuke. So that will hmm. negate a bit of the gain. But the Tigers are still in Yellow Jacket territory. The ball placed at the 41, but uh, out of bounds at the 25. That is a... Uh, 26-yard line, so that's a big 15-yard uh, on sportsmanlike conduct, which will back the Tigers up a little bit, but still still a good drive going here. Yeah. Yeah, that flag came very late, so it had to be something that uh, was said. So Reese in the gun. Zion Brown behind him, takes a snap, fakes the handoff, throws intended for number 10 of the Tigers, Dre Matthews, off his hand, nearly picked off. By number six of the Yellow Jackets, Josiah Colon. Yeah, that was uh, that ball was a tiny bit high and and, and a little hard, but that, I mean, you know, if you're out there playing receiver, you, you got to make that uh, you got to make that catch, man. I mean, it hit you right in the hands. Yeah. So uh, second and ten set up here for the Tigers. Tank Petty in it, running back. Two receivers to the left. Single running back in the backfield behind Reese. Reese. Calling out something to his offensive line. He sees something. Maybe defender trying to blitz. Reese will take the snap. Hand it off to Petty. Petty across the 40 down to the 35-yard line. That'll be a gain of six on second and or on second and ten. Correct. Yep. And it'll set up a third and four here for the Tigers offense. Yeah, nice run by Petty. He uh blew past the line of scrimmage and kind of hurdled a guy then. Got tripped up a little, put his hand down, kept his balance, got three or four more yards, setting up a third and manageable here. So two receivers out to the left. Reese signals for the snap. Hands to Petty. Petty's going to pick up the first down and more. He's down to the 20-yard line inside the red zone. Down at the 17-yard line for a gain of 18 yards for the Tigers. The Tigers are in the State Farm red zone. Call our local agent Gary Fagan for all of your insurance needs at 419 747 Two two one seven. Man, I'm glad you're so quick with the math. <laughs> yeah, that was a. <laughs> I got a math test on Monday, so I better be ready for the math. <laughs> a big play there by the Tigers. Reese will fake the snap, take it himself. He's across the 15-yard line, down to the 10. Runs out of bounds at out of bounds at about the six-yard line. So from the 16 to the six, that's a gain of 10. That was an easy one for me, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> that's math. Even I might have been able to do. Actually, they're going to spot that at the five, so it's 11 yards. Excuse me. 
So the Tigers marching down into Yellow Jacket territory. They've got a goal-to-go situation from the five. So they're going to send Jermaine Bradley out. Oh, here's the official. So the officials bump up the clock by three more seconds again. Three is the magic number tonight so far. And number three, Jermaine Bradley is out to the right alongside number seven, Giante O'Brien. Nate Dismuke, single receiver to the left. Lala Owens lined up in the tight end spot on the right side of the offensive line. And Tank Petty in the backfield for the Tigers. So Reese in the shotgun. Takes a snap. Fakes a handoff. Has a wide open Lala Owens into the end zone for another T.Y. Tiger touchdown. Five yards to Lala Owens with 4.08 left to go here in the first quarter. The Tigers get in the end zone again. Yeah, I believe that's the exact same play they ran last week uh, to Owens for the touchdown then. It was just uh, the fake handoff to the running back up the middle. Everybody got sucked in, and Lala just leaked out into the end zone and was wide open. Yeah, that was uh, definitely something the Yellow Jackets could have seen in film. It looked like the exact same play. So DeBolt on for the extra point. McGinty, the holder, takes a snap, holds down. DeBolt's kick is up, and it is good. With 4.08 left to go from Energy Field in Mount Vernon, Ohio, the Mansfield Senior Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 14-0. to zero. Would you like to be a crucial part of Mansfield Tiger sports and help our Tiger athletes and students? Then join the Tiger Booster Club. Opportunities are available for our Tiger community to assist the Booster Club with Tiger Bingo on Sundays and Tuesdays at the Baco Grotto Hall and to work all concession venues and special events when needed. Our mission is to provide sports teams and students with much-needed funds for uniforms, travel, camps, pregame meals, and much more. To join, call Stan Gilbert, president, at 419-631-0792. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back to Energy Field. It was a Duke Reese five-yard passing touchdown to Lala Owens, and we're set here with 4.08 left to go in the first. Aiden Chandler alongside Craig Jackson on GoTigers.com. The Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I mean, let, let's not forget uh, – yeah, that was a 99-yard-plus, a you know, touchdown drive because with penalty yards, you know, it's more than that. But, uh, but yeah, they started all the way on their one. You know, even with some setbacks with some penalties, we're able to march all the way down the field. That's, uh, that's huge for this offense. Yeah, Duke Reese, again, looked very confident last week, and that confidence has carried over into this week. Looking really good here early. DeBolt squibs the ball across the middle of the field. Recovered by Johnny Askew, who's across the 20-yard line, met by a couple Tigers, fighting forward for a few more yards where he's going to be tackled at the 28-yard line where the Yellow Jackets will start another offensive drive. So out onto the field marches the Yellow Jacket offense. 27, 28, 28-yard line is where they'll start this drive. Easily Mount Vernon's worst field position of the night, starting-wise. Looks like we have a uh, different different quarterback in now. It's number five, Mason Richards, who sends Askew out in motion, takes a snap, keeps it himself, a quarterback draw across the 30-yard line, down to the 32. That's a gain of four. It'll bring up second and six for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, that was, uh, that was just some uh, – 
plain old QB power, which the Tigers had some trouble with at the beginning of the year, but they've clamped down on it since conference play started. That's arguably one of the best quarterbacks runs I've seen during conference play. Yeah, I see number four, Jake Taylor over here on the sideline. Not sure. He's just talking to a couple teammates, so I can't imagine he's hurt. Richards in at quarterback now. Takes a snap. Fakes a little pass. He's going to keep it himself. Instantly met there by number 16, Dalen McGinty for the Tiger sack. Yeah, he tried to. they tried to roll him out to the, uh, to the left there, and the Tigers started giving him pressure there, and when he turned around to roll back to the right, McGinty was there, and he just swallowed him up. So a loss of four back to the original line of scrimmage where this drive started, the 28-yard line where it'll be third and ten for the Yellow Jackets. We've got a single receiver out to the left, three receivers out to the right. Gregory, the only man in the backfield. Richards takes a snap, throws a screen pass to number 21, Hunter Looney, who breaks a tackle and is going to be tackled out of bounds at the 36-yard line. That will not be enough for a first down. Actually, they're going to spot him at the 35, so it'll be fourth and three. Not really decision time after that punt there. Last time by number two, Ethan Young, they're going to go ahead and punt it away to the Tigers. Dismuke will go back to return. Okay, yeah, I wasn't wrong. I'm looking at this, and the punter is over. The punter is 22 yards behind center. Wow. And the Tigers have to take a timeout because they had 12 guys on the field. Yeah, the official is ready to throw his flag. So we'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Tiger football. The Tiger leads. The Tigers lead the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets by a score of 14 to nothing with 2.43 left to go here in the first quarter. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. Want a chance to win $4,800? Then come to Firefighter Bingo on 4th Street in Mansfield and play their most popular game, the horse race. Doors open at 4 p.m. with early bird games starting at 6.30 p.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday located inside of the Mansfield Fire Museum. They offer a full concession stand. You must be 18 or older to play. That's Firefighter Bingo at 1265 West 4th Street in Mansfield. This is Lala Owens, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back to Energy Field, where the Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 14 to nothing. Aiden Chandler alongside Craig Jackson. The Yellow Jackets are going to punt it away to the Tigers. Great defensive drive there by the Tigers. Of course, a three and out there for the Yellow Jackets. So Ethan Young. Oh, they fake, they fake the punt here. The quarterback, number four, Jake Taylor, in back on the drive, and the Yellow Jackets are going to pick up a first down on the fake punt. So things are getting a little chippy here down on the field between the Tigers and Yellow Jackets. That pass was completed to number 21, Hunter Looney, and Jake Taylor throws the pass to Looney for the Yellow Jacket first down. Honestly, it was a beautiful call and beautiful execution. Uh, Tigers did not buy for a second that they would fake fake it. And, uh, like I said, beautifully executed. Quarterback hit the, the receiver. He was wide open. Mount Vernon's in business, man. Caught us all off guard. And I think so Taylor's the one. Nope, nope, that's Richards again. And a quarterback, and he's going to be sacked by number 40, Samir Phillips of the TY Tiger defensive line. Yeah, I think the last thing that uh, you want to do if you're the Yellow Jackets, I know you're trying to win, but the last thing you want to do is – irritate the uh, Tiger defense, especially Mr. Phillips. Uh, you know, seeing how he leads the team in sacks, he was not buying that uh, QB run at all, and he was in there so fast. Loss of two there. Brilliant play. Yeah, so second and 12 coming up with 145 and counting. Mason Richards, the sophomore 
in at quarterback for the Yellow Jackets after Jake Taylor completed that pass on the fake punt. But he's got Gregory out to his left, two receivers to his right. He's going to throw a pass downfield to number 23 of the Yellow Jackets, who's met instantly by a Tiger defender. It looks like Giante O'Brien with the tackle. It was number 23, Carter Harris, on the reception. So that was a gain of six yards on the play. It was second and 12. Now it's third and six for the Yellow Jackets. Nice hit there by Giante O'Brien. Yeah, he showed some incredible closing speed. It was just a curl route, and uh, the, the receiver caught it and was taken down instantly. So Richard sends a man in motion, takes a snap, hands to Askew. Askew breaks through the line, explodes for a first down, down to the Tiger 37-yard line. It'll be a Yellow Jacket first down. I tell you what, this Askew kid, he's got some jets, man, and I don't know if you guys can hear it in the broadcast, but every time he gets past the line of scrimmage, this home crowd gasps because they, they've seen him all year and they know that he, he can break it at any point in time. And, uh, like, right there, he got past the line of scrimmage and, uh, you know, it was, it was one guy that kept him from going all the way for six. Yeah, so 16-yard run there on third and six to set up another first down for the Yellow Jackets in Tiger territory. Askew in motion. Takes a handoff from Richards. Breaks through the line across the 35-yard line. Down to the 31. So gain a six there. Second and four coming up. Nice tackle there by Tiger defender number 10, Dre Matthews, senior, to bring down Askew. But a big first down run there for Askew. And that will take us to the end of the quarter. So they're going to flip the field here after one. It's the Mansfield Senior Tigers 14, the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets 0. We'll be right back with action from Energy Field. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. Need to get the power flowing in your home or business? BP Electric can do it all. Using only the best qualified electricians in Ohio, BP Electric can take care of a full range of services, including light fixtures, EV chargers, outlets and switches, whole home surge protectors, and so much more. Headquartered in Lexington, BP Electric is a local company with resources to serve the entire state. For all of your electrical needs, check them out online at bpelectricofoh.com. This is Coach Bradley, and you're listening to Tiger Football on VSBNRadio.com. Go so, Tigers. So the second quarter about to get underway here at Energy Field at Yellow Jacket Stadium, and the, the Jackets are putting a drive together right now, and this is kind of – they've kind of done this a little bit tonight where they, they put a drive together and then the Tigers get in there for a big loss or a penalty or something, moves them back out of uh, – well, they attempted the one field goal and missed, but – this has been kind of characteristic of their offense so far this evening. The Tiger offense the Tiger offense playing super well. So Richards takes a snap, hands to Askew, who gets about a yard on the play. Maybe gets back to the original line of scrimmage. So it'll be third and four coming up for the Yellow Jackets. But, yeah, the Tiger defense has, has uh, started things off very well tonight. Carmelo Smith on the tackle there. Yeah. Uh, the uh, – the the Mount Vernon offense, everything goes through Askew, and even when he doesn't have the ball, they're using him in motion to open things up for everybody else. So Richards in at quarterback. Hands to Gregory. Gregory across the 30. Going to be brought down by number 18, Mo Bradley there. Nice hit by Bradley. So it'll be a gain of one, bringing up fourth and three from the Tiger 30-yard line. 
And the offense is staying on the field here for the Yellow Jackets. Well, when you've had the kind of season they've had and it's senior night, you know, your last uh, shot at uh, one of the big dogs in the conference, you might as well go for it. I mean, you already went for it once on fourth down, so that tells me they're probably going to go for it the rest of the way. Yeah, and this is kind of that uh, uh, middle ground here where you, you, you gain nothing really from a punt. I mean, it's just like a 20-yard punt. So Richards takes a snap, drops back, instant pressure, hand, throws it to Askew. Askew breaks from a few Tigers defenders, and he gets across the 25-yard line. He's going to pick up a first down down to the 24. Yeah, that was just a screen pass. There was a Tiger there. Uh, Tiger there, uh, uh, Carter Kessler, and he had him wrapped up, but Askew just powered out of it and was able to get the first down. Yeah, yeah he's broken a lot of tackles tonight so far. Yeah. He's hard to bring down, but you did say the offense runs through him, so if the Tigers can figure him out, it'll be difficult for the Jacket offense to get anything going. They're uh, up to the line of scrimmage with 10.30 left to go here. Richards takes a snap with Gregory in the backfield, throws it downfield to Askew, wide open in the end zone. And it's just beyond the reach of a diving Askew coverage there by Tiger defender number six, Jaden Gross. So falls incomplete. It'll bring up second and ten. Yeah, that was the first time we've seen that formation tonight. They had Askew out here. He was stacked behind the uh, receiver in front of him. They did uh, play action to the running back, and uh, the uh, receiver in front of him broke in and kind of took the safety with him. And uh, Askew kept running, and he's just got too much speed if you take one – one step out of place, he's going to burn right by you, and that's what happened. And luckily for the Tigers, the quarterback overthrew it because that was six for the Jackets. Yeah, so Askew lined up in a tight end spot. Motion. There's going to be flag on the play. They'll blow this one dead right away. Neutral zone infraction on the Tigers. So it'll be second and five, and the Jackets make their way into the red zone for the first time tonight. The ball will be spotted at the 18-yard line. So second and five coming up for the Jackets. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like you said there, they had Askew lined up at tight end. I mean, they're putting that kid all over the place, and they brought him in motion, and the Tiger defense kind of went with him. Unfortunately, somebody was a little too uh, excited and uh, got off sides there. Yeah, so Richards is lined up under the center this time with Gregory in the backfield, Askew in motion. Richards takes a snap, hands to Askew on the sweep, who is not really able to pick up anything, maybe lost a yard there. Back to the 19, but there are flags flying. Flag on the play. I think they're going to get number eight for holding for uh, Mount Vernon. Craig, you're on it tonight with those wow. calls. Got great eyes, so it was a hold. It'll back him up here. Well, this is the first time my eyes have uh, have paid off for me this year because usually I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong on the numbers. So they back it up to the 28-yard line. Oh, I think the official forgot to turn off his mic there, and he yeah. blew his whistle into the mic. It was kind of kind of an ear-piercing sound there out of the loud the loudspeakers here. Richards again under center. Motions a man. Hands it off to number eight of the Yellow Jackets, who breaks through down to the 20-yard line. Looks like they'll spot him at the 20. That was number eight, Hayden Higgins, on the carry. So a nine-yard gain there down to the 20-yard line, bringing up third and seven for uh, the Yellow Jacket offense. Yeah, the Jackets just they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink in here. That time they were lined up in a flex bone type uh, 
offense like you'd see like Army or Navy use with the fullback behind the quarterback and the two running backs out, out by the tackles and uh, gave it to the back on the sweep to get eight yards. Yeah, so two receivers stacked on the right side and the left side. Richards takes a snap, looks downfield, pressure from the Tiger defense, running away from McGinty about the near side 30-yard line. He'll just throw it away, intended for number eight, Hayden Higgins. Falls incomplete, and there's a flag on the play. I think they're going to get number 21 for Mount Vernon. He gave the Tiger defender a push down to the ground after the ball had uh, hit the ground several times. So they've called a lot of personal fouls this evening. Mm -hmm. We're only nine, there's 9-10 there's left to go here in the second quarter. Twenty-one. Yeah, so a costly penalty there. Whereas third and seven for the Yellow Jackets. I mean, nothing really came of that play. It was just an incomplete. So it'll be a loss of down as that happened after the play. It'll bring up a fourth and long. The ball will be spotted at the 35-yard line. They have to get down to the 13-yard line for a first down. So yeah. they need 22 yards here. Yeah, if you're Mount Vernon, that was definitely a killer because you've shown you're going to go for it on fourth down, but fourth and five is way more manageable than – or fourth and seven is way more manageable than fourth and 22. So Luke Hubbard of the Jackets marches into play from the sideline, delivers it to the quarterback, Richards. The Jackets break the huddle. Richards is in the shotgun with Gregory beside him. Three receivers out to the right. He looks downfield. The Tiger got through there right away but just missed the sack. Richards out to the right across the 30. Down to the 26-yard line. He's not going to pick up the first down. There is a flag on the play. Yeah, I think that was holding. Uh, I didn't catch the number from Mount Vernon. Yeah, the, the officials over there talking to the Tiger coaches, they're going choking signals to decline the penalty. It wasn't the initial pressure, but it was the second round of pressure that they threw the flag on. Yeah, so it'll be a turnover on downs after the penalty was declined and the, the fourth and 22 attempt was unsuccessful. So the Tigers will get the ball at the 26-yard line with 8.41 left to go in the first half. They lead 14 to nothing over the Yellow Jackets here in week nine of the high school football season. I mean, if you're, if you're Coach Bradley and you're the Tigers, I think at this point you have to be really confident on what you could do on offense here. Um, the, the issue is you just can't can't do the penalties. The penalties is what killed him on that one drive, but uh, the other two drives, Mount Vernon hasn't had an answer for this Tiger offense. Yes, the Tiger the Tiger defense has stepped up big time. I mean, a few costly penalties by the Yellow Jackets as they were piecing some drives together, but the Tiger defense has stepped up big time to uh, shut down and stall these Yellow Jacket drives. So Reese takes a snap, fakes the handoff, looks to Dismuke. The ball was batted at the line of scrimmage, so it'll fall incomplete, intended for Dismuke. So it'll be second and ten for the Tiger offense. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if the Tiger coaches will come back to that or not, but uh, Duke uh, was trying to get it to Dismuke, who was open on the slant. But you had uh, 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 Nye Petty was kind of on like a, a wheel route, and he was wide open way downfield along the sideline. So Reese in the gun, two receivers to his right, a single to his left. Fakes the hand off to Brown, keeps it himself. He's across the 30. He'll pick up the first down across the 40, across the 50-yard line. We close. They're going to spot him at the 49. Duke Reese with a huge gain there of 25 yards, and the Tigers are back in Yellow Jacket territory. Yeah, that was a, 
a great uh, run by Duke Reese, but I think it was uh, Giante O'Brien was downfield with a great block to spring him. And uh, Tigers at midfield again, moving the ball. Yeah, there was a yellow jacket in there. Reese kind of slipped right by him to pick up the big gain of 25, where the Tigers have first and down. First and 10 at the 49-yard line. Reese hands to Brown. Brown across the 45. Fights a few defenders. Gets a push from the, defense, or the offensive line behind him. So that'll be a nine-yard gain on first and 10. So it'll be second and one for Brown. Coach Bradley wants a flag for something. He's on the field talking to an official. Yellow Jacket fans are chirping. Both sides are unhappy. We're going to have an official timeout here. I, I think maybe he's wanting a face mask on uh, the tackle on Duke Reese. He's pretty animated over there on the sidelines. Yeah, that, that tackle happened right in front of him, and I don't know what else, what, you know, what else it could have been. So they're going to pump the play clock back up. And we're going to have a timeout, Mount Vernon here, to try and settle uh, the defense of the Yellow Jackets. The Tigers will be set up with a second and one on the other side of this break. The Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 14 to nothing. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So I switched my insurance to State Farm, and get this. I talked to an actual State Farm agent who lives in my actual town, and get this. My actual agent in my actual town gave me actual help with the coverage I needed. And get this, my actual agent in my actual town who gave me actual help actually knows my name. And get this, they actually say it's called service. Insurance with a local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Gary Fagan in Mansfield today. This is Amon Thomas and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back to Energy Field at Yellow Jacket Stadium on the campus of Mount Vernon High School in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Aiden Chandler alongside Craig Jackson here. 7.52 left to go in the second quarter where the Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 14 to nothing. And they're putting another drive together here. They're in Yellow Jacket territory at the 40-yard line. Offense looks pretty good and in rhythm tonight, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely they do. Uh, you know, Nothing not Mount Vernon's been able to do so far has come even close to stopping them. It's, it's, it's just been some Tiger penalties that have uh, held them back a little. So Reese in the shotgun. Dismuke and number 13, Dijon Corbin out to the right. He hands to Brown. Brown gets the outside across the 40-yard line. He'll pick up the first down. The gain of three. Nice carry there by Brown. Gets the Tigers another first down. That rhyme there. Brown, first down. Yep. <laughs> so nice pickup by Brown. Got number 17, Nye Petty, and Nate Dismuke out to the left. Lala Owens lined up at the tight end with Jermaine Bradley behind it on the right. Brown in the backfield. Reese in the shotgun. Claps his hands. Gets the ball. Fakes a pass. Shields off a Mount Vernon defender who was, had him sacked. He throws downfield. Intended for... Was that Bradley? Nye Petty. Petty down there, and it falls incomplete. Just a little too much heat on that throw. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure Petty could have got down inbounds anyways. Uh, Duke was rolling out away from the pressure, and he threw that ball, as you said, uh, pretty hard. And I think, uh, you know, even if Petty would have come up with the catch, uh, the catch I think he would have landed out of bounds because he kind of had to dive for it. Uh, I almost think it was a busted play there because Duke went and did like a play action 
but Zion was like standing there like he's doing pass protection. And uh, I think that kind of messed the play up a little bit. Yeah, Jake Taylor of the Yellow Jackets had him sacked, but Duke Reese juked him and got away. So Reese takes a snap, fakes a hand off to Brown, looks downfield for Lala Owens, and it was going to be a Tiger touchdown, but it was just beyond the reach of Owens. Who I, I don't know if he wasn't quite ready for that ball, but it was just beyond the reach of Owens. There's a flag. They're talking to the Mount Vernon coach, so I'm assuming it's on Mansfield Sr., yeah, Owens was Owens was yeah. wide open, nothing but green in front of him. Yeah, it was it was just that one was. Uh, so I'm guessing they're saying Owens was the ineligible man because of uh, uh, somebody wasn't lined up properly. Yeah. So the Jackets are going to def decline the ineligible man downfield penalty, and so it'll bring up third and ten for the huh. Tigers. Interesting there, yeah, but I'm I mean, I mean, with how the Tigers have, how many big plays the Tigers have had tonight, I guess it kind of makes sense. You want to keep it at uh, third down here, and the Jackets are going to take another timeout. We're going to keep you here with 7:15 left to go in the second quarter. The Tigers lead 14 to nothing. That was the Yellow Jackets' second timeout of the half. So with 7.15 to go, they've got one left. We'll take a look at some scores here tonight, Craig. The Ashland Arrows lead the Worcester Generals by a score of 13 to nothing in the second quarter. Funny enough, I mean, the Ashland Arrows two weeks ago scored six points against the Tigers. Last week scored six points against the uh, West Holmes Knights, and they've got more points tonight than they did combined the last two weeks. I mean, they're obviously playing the Generals, who are yeah. not as talented defensively, not as talented defensively as the uh, Tigers and Knights of West Holmes, but still impressive that they've scored more points tonight than they have the last two weeks. Shelby leads Ontario by a score of 22-7. to seven. That's a big That's game big. in Richland County. Lexington trails Madison by a score of 7-13 to 13 in the second quarter. West Holmes and New Philadelphia in a chess match. The West Holmes Knights lead the Quakers by a score of 3 to nothing there in the second quarter. So we're back here at Energy Field, some interesting scores. I mean, yeah. Well, it, it, it's senior night over at Madison, so kind of the same situation here. Lots of emotion there. You wonder if almost that win last week sparked something for the Rams. A big win against the Yellow Jackets, 38 to nothing last week. So Reese takes a snap, hands to Brown. Brown outside to the left side, has some green, gets down to the 30-yard line, dives forward. Looks like they'll spot him at the 31. So that's a pick up of. I don't think they had that spot right. That went from the 37 to the 31. That's a gain of six. So it'll be fourth and four here for the Tigers and kind of in no man's land again. So they're going to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, I don't I don't blame Coach Bradley on this one. Uh, like you said, it, no man's land. For the most part, your offense has, has gotten pretty much anything they wanted. Yeah, I mean, and with how your defense has been playing tonight too. So Reese takes a snap, hands to Brown. Brown breaks through the line. Good enough for the first down. Inside the 25-yard line, down to the 23. That's a gain of – oh, my math is failing me here. 29 to the 23, gain of six yards for Zion Brown to pick up the first down for the Tigers on fourth and three. Yeah, impressive run there by Zion Brown because it's usually Tank Petty that does the runs up the middle with the power, but uh, Zion showing some power. They're dragging some yellow jackets with him. So Reese has his muke out to the left. Line's not quite set yet for the Tigers. And two receivers out to the right, Jermaine Bradley and Nye Petty. 
Zion Brown in the backfield. Reese in the shotgun. Takes a snap. Fakes the handoff. Looks for Dismuke. On the slant route, and he's got it complete. Two, oh, they're saying incomplete there. Ball must have bounced off the turf as Dismuke dived forward to catch that ball as it fell incomplete. So it'll be second and ten from the 23. I thought he caught that, but I'm obviously not down there on the turf. Could, I look, maybe it bounced off. Maybe it bounced off the turf. Well, I, th I think as he was diving, it caught, he caught it, but maybe when he hit the ground, it bounced out. Yeah, didn't complete it. All, didn't complete the catch process all the way to the ground, so it'll be incomplete. Second and ten. Another official timeout. I don't know if it's for equipment or what What the ref's doing. He signals to wave the clock again. Reese was confused. I was confused. Craig, you were probably confused. <laughs> we didn't really know what the official blew his whistle for. Uh, but two receivers to the right. Dismuke to the left. Brown in the backfield. Reese takes a snap. Hands to Brown. Brown across the 20. Kind of dives down at the 17. That's a gain of six. So it'll bring up third third and four for the Tigers. And the Tigers are back in the State Farm Red Zone, brought to you by Gary Fagan. Call our local agent for all of your insurance needs at 419-747-2217. So third and four coming up here for the Tigers. Five minutes and 12 seconds. For, the, for left here to go in the first half. Reese takes a snap, fakes the handoff, has Dismuke out to the 10-yard line, down to the 8. So it'll be a gain of 9 and a first down for the Tigers. Goal-to-go yeah. situation here. Yeah, just a, just a quick out route there, and uh, you know Dismuke caught it and uh, showed his speed, was able to outrun the uh, defender out to the corner and get down inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, Dismuke has gotten a lot of separation off the line of scrimmage. I mean, running crisp routes, getting open, Reese finding his man. And that was another completion to Dismuke, setting up goal to go here at the 9. Reese takes a snap, throws it up for Lala Owens, who goes up for it. Did he get his foot down? I don't think he completed the catch before he was out of bounds. He had a Mount Vernon yellow jacket, number 23. Carter Harris in on coverage there to break that one up. So I like the idea. Aggressive there on first yeah. and, first and goal. That's that's an, another ineligible player downfield. Well, somebody somebody when uh, Lala is lining up at, at tight end up up on the line, uh, somebody's not lining up right uh, right. Uh, yeah, one of those receivers on the right side has to be off the line yeah. if Owens is up on the line. Yeah, and, and that's twice that's happened now. Now, last time, you know, I guess it doesn't matter because this time he caught the ball, but he was out of bounds, and last time it was a little overthrown. This time they just move him out to a receiver position anyways and said we're not messing with this anymore. So now it's first and goal from the 14. Reese attended again for Owens, but Owens wasn't quite ready for it, had three men covering him, so that falls incomplete. It'll be second and goal here. It's just uh, Reese, Reese kind of threw that to Owens before he was ready for it. Yeah, I think he threw it too early, and it looked a little high as well. Um, I know they're trying to get Lala involved in the, the offense. Obviously, you want to because he's a tremendous athlete, and you look at him out there on the field, especially when he's split out wide. He's just – I mean, he's a large human being, man. I mean, he really kind of dwarfs most of these uh, Yellow Jacket players. But, uh, you know, maybe you want to spread the ball out a little bit more because 
So Reese takes a snap, throws it up for Nate Dismuke in the end zone just beyond his reach. It'll be third and goal coming up for the 14. Because as you said on the last play, uh, Lala had three guys on him. I think uh, Mount Vernon's starting to key in on the fact that they're trying to trying to get him the ball. Yeah, and with with how Reese threw that ball to Owens two plays ago, it was, it was one of those things where his his mind was set on yeah. Owens before before he snapped the ball. So, yeah, definitely trying to get get the ball to one of their playmakers, one of their many playmakers. And again, they just did it on second and goal, trying to get it to Dismuke, but it was just beyond his reach. So it'll be third and goal from the 14-yard line. 4.23 left to go here in the second quarter. The Tigers are loading the right side. And the refs blow their whistle. The Tigers take a timeout. Coach Bradley uses his second of the half. And with 4.23 left to go in the second quarter, the Mansfield Senior Tigers lead the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets by a score of 14 to nothing. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. Locally owned and operated, the Life Support Team is North Central Ohio's premier medical service, providing emergency, non-emergency, and standby medical coverage 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Their paramedics and EMTs provide the highest quality care in your time of need. If you need medical transportation, call the Life Support Team, 419-522-2020. If you want to become a member of the Life Support Team, give them a call, 419-522-2020. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. So Craig and I were talking while we are at break as the uh, Tigers have a third and goal from the 14-yard line. I almost think maybe the Tigers are going to go for it here. I mean, you think they may have two plays to try and get this into the end zone rather than if this third down and goal doesn't work, you can try and, try and uh, kick a field goal. Instead, we think they may uh, – just go for it with how well their defense has played tonight. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, j I just think with the way the defense is going, uh, you know, Mount Vernon has shown some spunk tonight. But, you know, maybe you want to get that extra TD on there to try and tamp out that, uh, that fight they've got. So Reese takes the snap, looks to pass. Two Yellow Jackets in the backfield immediately, throws down into the end zone, intended for a Tiger receiver who was down on the ground but open. Just couldn't come back to the ball being down on the ground. Couldn't see. I think that was Dismuke. Yeah, Dismuke had just slipped and fell. Reese had him open, just a little underthrown, but Dismuke on the ground couldn't really do anything. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, Nate lost his footing. If he had stayed up on his feet, he would have had that because, like you said, he could have come back for the ball because he was wide open again, was able to juke his way uh, way open, and uh, – here we got DeBolt out onto the field making us both look foolish. Yeah, I think, well, <laughs> may, I think maybe if the Tigers would have gained yards on that play, it might have been a different story. But DeBolt on to attempt the 31-yard field goal. The kick is up, and it's got plenty of leg. Splits the uprights. DeBolt knocks in the 31-yard field goal. So with 4-12 left to go here in the first half, the Tigers increase their lead to 17 to nothing over the Yellow Jackets. We'll keep you here over the break. You hear the uh, Tiger band over there. The Tigers able to put some more points on the, the, boor the board. Trying to say DeBolt. Nice <laughs> kick there by DeBolt, the 31-yarder. After hitting the 38-yarder uh, last week. Plenty of leg there again on the 31-yarder. Yeah, that, that one will probably, that one like last week, th that one there could have probably been good from 45. I mean, he drilled that thing. Yeah, very 
I mean, that man has a lot of confidence. I mean, if you tuned into the BP Electric pregame show last week, Nick had interviewed DeBolt um, prior in the week, so you got to learn a little more about DeBolt, who also plays soccer. Yeah, I was going to say, I know he's a soccer player by trade, but <clears throat> you look at what he's been able to do his first year kicking the ball. I, I just wonder if maybe there's some colleges that might be looking at him because good kickers are hard to come by in college, man. Absolutely, and DeBolt is very, very accurate. I mean, yeah, and he's a great punter, too. Yeah. You, you, you can t knock out two positions with one scholarship. Yeah. So, DeBolt waiting for the go-ahead from the refs. There it is. Places the ball on the tee. Johnny Askew back to receive for the Yellow Jackets. DeBolt taking his steps. Tiger special teams, one of their strong suits. So, DeBolt kicks it away. Big kick down the right side. Askew is just going to let it go into the end zone for a touchback. That thing bounced around the, what, three-yard line? <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, DeBolt, you know, the Tigers generally try to pooch kick it or squib it because uh, DeBolt, when he does that, he, he it's like a knuckleball. They're, guys all year, all, all, all teams, going back to the beginning of the season, they had trouble – handling it when he uh, does that squib or that uh, pooch kick. But that time he just decided to drill it. And like I said, all the way down to like two or three yard line before it hit the ground, showing that he's got a cannon for a leg when he wants to use it. Yeah, that was, that was impressive. A great kickoff there by DeBolt. So the Yellow Jacket offense is going to take over here at the 20 yard line. Mason Richards in at quarterback, two receivers to the left. Askew in the backfield, fakes a hand up to Askew, keeps himself on the QB draw, sneaks through, but he's going nowhere. Tackled by the Tigers. Number Was that Mo? Nope. Yep. Carter Kessler. Carter Kessler, yep. Carter Kessler in on the tackle for no gain on the play. So second and ten, great play by Kessler there to get through the offensive line and stop the quarterback draw. Yeah, the uh, uh, Yellow Jackets tried to run a uh – Read option there, and Carter Kessler was having none of it. So an impressive play there by Kessler. So second and ten coming up for the Yellow Jackets. Richards with Askew in the background, in the backfield. Hands it off to Askew. Askew tackled at the 21, maybe the 22-yard line. Yep, the 22 for a gain of two. Brought down by Mo Bradley there. So a 3-19 and counting. The Yellow Jackets have a third and eight here late in the first half. So Tigers potentially can get a stop here and maybe punch it in one more time before halftime because Mount Vernon will receive the second half kickoff. So this is a uh, this is a big play for the Tiger defense if, if they want to get the ball back in their offensive hands. Probably the most shocking thing of the night is I think that's the first time we've actually called Mo Bradley's name. Yeah, Mo Bradley had a great week last week. Richards takes the snap. Hands to Gregory, and he's going nowhere. Tackle on the play by Dalen McGinty, and was that Ahmad Thomas? It was. Ahmad Thomas and McGinty couple up to bring down Gregory for a loss of one, fourth and nine. Does yeah, they, neither one of them were fooled. No, they weren't, and on comes the punting unit. So the Tiger offense will get the ball back with around two minutes to go here and a timeout. So they'll have a chance to add on to their lead. Dismuke back to receive. The punt's away. It's a high kick. Bounces at the 50-yard line and nearly 
Oh, we got whoa, a whoa. On. Oh, something's going on down here. Yeah, that that's a flat-out fight. Number one from Mount Vernon. I don't know which t Tiger player it is, but he ripped his helmet right off of him. I believe that's Zion Brown. Zion Brown's helmet is off. And we'll see what they call here. That ball almost. You know, nobody's touched the ball yet. Yeah. No, number six from Mount Vernon standing down <laughs> there beside the ball, and he finally just waved at it and said to heck with it. Yeah, that that uh, <laughs> that almost hit Nye Petty there. It hit about the 50-yard line, and Nye Petty was just able to scooch out of the way. The ball sits down. <laughs> no one's around it, so that ball sits yeah. down at the 24-yard uh, line. We wait the call here by the ref. So personal foul there on Luke Hubbard. I, I mean, you can't. The, the, the Yellow Jacket fans are unhappy, but you can't argue that when he rips off somebody's yeah. helmet. So, I mean, there was a little chippiness. There was some chirping going back and forth there. Brown not happy that his helmet got ripped off, but not enough retaliation to yield a flag from the officials. So that'll be 15 yards more from the end of that, the end of that I guess I guess technically the official downed the ball there because, like I said, nobody from Mount Vernon ever touched it because the ball hit and was rolling when, when – that mini brawl broke out there at midfield and everybody's attention turned there. And like I said, there was a, there was Cologne from, from uh, Mount Vernon. He's just standing there like, do I touch it? Do I don't touch it? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. So the Tigers will get the ball at the 39 yard line. And once the, I mean, once the ball comes to a complete stop, it, it is ruled dead on a punt, but it was but just interesting that no one was. Yeah, the ref never actually. You know, they the ref will usually wave his arms to and they ne to to signify where the spot is. Yeah, and then and then they'll throw the Mount Vernon ball off to their sidelines and get the Tiger ball to spot it. But we had none of that, so the the officials are conversing here at the 38 yard line. All five of them talking. Not sure what about it, whether it's the spot, whether it's the time on the clock. Um, I guess we'll find out here soon. Yeah, that that was that was. Uh a little discombobulated there. The Tigers are lined up. I at this point, I I think the Tigers' offense. I don't think they care. They're just like let it let us go. Yeah, two oh two left to go here in the half. They lead. The Tigers lead the Jackets by a score of seventeen to nothing. Here on GoTigers.com. <laughs> the ref was saying explaining something to the Tigers' offense, and Lala walked over to hear a little better, and he's just towering over the referee. <laughs> So Owens is lined up as a tight end here. Reese with Petty in the backfield. Two receivers out to the left. Takes a snap. Looks downfield. He's got Petty. Wide open. Oh, he tried to haul it in with one hand as it was a bit behind him, but he had nothing but green in front of him again. So it falls incomplete, and it'll be second and ten. Yeah, you had, uh, uh, you had O'Brien out there uh, just on a go route, and uh, – the defensive backs went with him, and on the opposite side, you had uh, Lala and the receiver. They went on a go route, and then Petty just leaked out there, and uh, Reese kind of lollipopped it out there. And I think it was just a little – it's one of those, I'm so wide open, I'm afraid I'm going to drop it. And I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, Tank, Tank uh, you know, dropped it. So three receivers out to the left, one to the right. Reese drops back to pass. He's going to tuck and throw it downfield. Intended for number seven, Jonte O'Brien. And it falls incomplete. Pretty solid coverage there by the Yellow Jackets 84, Bryce Krieger. As that would have been a huge play on second and ten for the Tigers. Yeah, the ball was a little underthrown, but O'Brien had uh, 
had a big uh, big uh, opening there, and uh, Krieger was able to make it make it up and stick his hand in there and, and knock the ball out at the last second. Yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure if Reese was going to just keep it and run there, but he was. Yeah, because he had a, he had a lot of green grass. Yeah, he was pretty eager to throw it downfield. Aggressive play there, but with with uh, 149 to go, the Tigers haven't really ran off much clock here. Third and ten. So he's got O'Brien and Jermaine Bradley out to his left. Takes a snap, looks downfield, intended for Dismuke. It's complete. Dismuke across the 40, across the 35, spins, oh. evades oh. the defender. Another one down to the 30, 25. Flags fly. That's going to be a face mask. Dismuke with a huge gain from the 30 down, from the Tiger 30 down to the Yellow Jacket 25. We wait to see what the flag is. So if it stands, it'll be a 36-yard reception for Dismuke. Yep, another personal foul. It's a face mask, face mask, and that's on number one Luke Hubbard, the guy that uh, just ripped off Zion Brown's helmet. Yeah, uh, good pass by Duke Reese, but a great catch by uh, Dismuke. And then when he got the ball, he did all sorts of shake and bake, ducked under a tackle, spun out of another. Beautiful catch after the run. Yeah, so the Tigers are back in the State Farm Red Zone, brought to you by Gary Fagan. Three receivers out to the right. Lala Owens, a single receiver out to the left. Ref signal the clock. Reese with Petty in the backfield, takes a snap. Looks for the end zone. Number 17, Jayanti O'Brien. Oh, and it's just off his hands. Pretty solid throw there by Reese. O'Brien tried to high point it and was just unable to bring it down. Yeah, that was just one of those. It's it's just an unfortunate thing, man, because, like you said, a really solid pass by Duke Reese there. And uh, one of those things, I mean, O'Brien had his hands on it, but he just couldn't haul it in. So it'll bring a second and 10 from the 13-yard line. Yeah, that was, that was a fantastic pass by Reese. I like the aggression going for the end zone right away there. Yeah. First play in the red zone. So Reese with Petty to his left takes a snap. Looks downfield, rolls out to his left. He's going to run. He's across the 10, across the 5, dives for the end zone. Did he get in? I think they're going to call him short. Yep. So that'll be spotted at the 2-yard line. It'll be first and goal from the 2. Nice run, nice decision there by Reese. Yeah, for a second there it looked like he was, wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do. So Reese takes a snap, hands to Petty. Petty into the end zone. For another T.Y. Tiger touchdown. Great run by Tank Petty there. Puts the Tigers ahead by a score of 23 to nothing with 112 left to go here in the first half. Yeah, that was just a, just a straight-up-the-gut run, power run. Uh, you know, you got Tank Petty behind this offensive line, and you only need two yards. Chances are that you're going to get two yards at least. Yeah, that was fantastic blocking by the offensive line. Uh, great decision on the option there by Reese to hand it to Petty, and Petty marches it into the end zone. McGinty on the hold. DeBolt attempts the PAT. Kick is up, and it splits the uprights once again with 112 left to go in the first half. It's the Mansfield Senior Tigers 24. The Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets zero. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. 
Need to get the power flowing in your home or business? BP Electric can do it all. Using only the best qualified electricians in Ohio, BP Electric can take care of a full range of services, including light fixtures, EV chargers, outlets and switches, whole home surge protectors, and so much more. Headquartered in Lexington, BP Electric is a local company with resources to serve the entire state. For all of your electrical needs, check them out online at bpelectricofoh.com. This is Coach Bradley, and you're listening to Tiger Football on VSBNRadio.com. Go Tigers. So welcome back into Energy Field, where the Tigers now lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 24 to nothing after the Jameer Petty four-yard touchdown run. And, Craig, besides the penalties tonight, the Tigers have played a pretty darn good football game. Yeah, they, they really have. Uh, they've had a little bit of bend in them on defense, but not much. Uh, the defense has done a really good job of, of shutting down this jacket offense and especially Askew. I mean, you know, we've seen him. You know, he's got some quicks and stuff, but they've really kept him in check. And offensively, outside pe- outside the penalties and, yeah, a couple uh, incomplete passes here or there. So the bolt squibs the ball. It's going to go out of bounds, so that'll be a flag. Yellow Jackets are going to get good field position here. But, yeah, I mean, two different styles of running backs from last week to this week. Mm-hmm. Now, Julian Franklin of the Generals was a big six-foot-plus running back, um, about 220. I mean, he was – Yeah, he was a, a bowling ball. Yeah, he's a hefty he- – I mean, back-to-back. I mean, you had spots of Ashland, yeah. Franklin of Worcester, both big running backs who could just bully bully the defense and just pound their way through um, – built. Uh, knock down defenders and Askew's just kind of a different running back. He's a shifty. I mean, he's he's a short um, – he stands at 5'10", 200. So very quick, very uh, good with his feet, able to evade Tiger defenders. But the Tigers have done a good job of adjusting from the two bowling ball running backs they've seen in the, w- the two weeks prior. So it looks like Taylor's actually back in at quarterback here for the Yellow Jackets. Takes a snap. Looks to ask you, and ask you is the ba- the pass is behind him, so he's unable to get anything out of it. Falls down. That's going to be a loss of six yards on the play. Do I have that correct? Five five yards on the play. No six. I was correct. I missed John. I'm just gonna say. Yeah. I missed well, John I, I'm 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 trying to write things down, so I'm I'm kind of like uh huh uh huh. Yeah. Whatever you say is good, man. <laughs> uh, so six-yard loss in the play. We'll bring up second and 16. Taylor fakes a screen to Askew. Throws it downfield. That's number eight of the Yellow Jackets, Hayden Higgins, who catches the pass. He's across the 40 into Tiger Terry territory down to the 30-yard line. So the Yellow Jackets, only one timeout left. The clock stops for the first down. Nice play by the Yellow Jackets. Eight, number eight, Hayden Higgins. Able to uh, corral the pass from Taylor. They're just going to clock it, it looks like here. So they spike it with 24 seconds left to go here in the first half. That was kind of an interesting throw there by Taylor. He was was running away from pressure, kind of stepped up in the pocket and kind of threw it off one leg there. Yeah. Well, you know, like we've talked about all night, everything is – of this offense is run through Askew, and it was like a screen pass set up off to the – left side of the formation but the Tigers had it covered so quarterback had to roll out and I mean he just you know it was very awkward throw but he got it complete yeah so the the quarterback that's bent in Mason Richards is out at wide out Taylor throws the pass to Askew Askew catches a screen across the 30 yard line 
down to the 26-yard line, so that'll be a gain of three on the play. Timeout, Yellow Jackets, so a 13 seconds left to go. The Yellow Jackets have the ball at the Mansfield Senior Tiger 26-yard line, and they'll be facing a third and seven when they get back. Yeah, uh, again, uh, you know, running, running the offense through Askew is just a kind of a, a swing pass out there, and he tried to use his speed to get out around the edge. And uh, uh, granted, the kid's super fast, but it takes a lot of speed to, to outrun this Tiger defense. You know, Craig, I'm a big Browns fan, and the Browns have a tough one this weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. But Askew reminds me a lot of some of the players, like like – Christian McCaffrey, for example. Christian McCaffrey, obviously the best running back in the NFL, um, but Christian McCaffrey really is able to be utilized as a as a receiver, as a running back. Sometimes they line him up um, at tight end, so they they can do a lot of things with McCaffrey and Mount Vernon, kind of doing the same, using Askew and all all uh, a, a bunch of different ways. Oh yeah, we've seen him at tight end. We've seen him at wide receiver. We've seen him at slot. Uh, they've run him on. Uh, on read options and, and sweeps, and, uh, yeah, they're just using him any way you – I mean, there he is. He's lined up out in the slot again. Yeah, and ask you a senior, Mount Vernon, trying to use as much as him as they can before he graduates. So Taylor throws a pass downfield, and it's going to be intercepted by number 16, Dalen McGinney of the Tigers, who runs it back to the 28-yard line. And with three seconds left to go, the Tigers get their first turnover of the evening. Yeah, uh – McGinty was in great field position. It kind of reminded me of the play we had down here going the opposite way with the Tigers where it was Duke Reese had his mind made up when the ball was snapped that he was going to Lala. Uh, on that one, the quarterback had, had made his mind up before the ball was snapped that he was going to ask you no matter what. And uh, not a very good decision because, he I mean, he was covered, uh, double covered and like a blanket, one in front and one in the back. That was a beautiful bracket coverage by the Tigers, and there was just no way he was going to make that reception. Yeah, so we talk a lot about Mo Bradley and Ahmad Thomas and Samir Phillips and how much they're able to get into the backfield. And those three are fantastic players for the Tiger defense, but this Dalen McGinty has stepped up big time in the last two weeks, at least for the two weeks I've been here for yeah. the Tigers. He is playing his heart out, gets a big interception there, not like the Tigers are going to be able to do much with it with only three seconds left to go here in the half. But yeah, I wouldn't uh, be completely – Illegal substitution there. Marches it up five yards. Wow. So the ball's at the 33-yard line. And I don't, I don't think you risk – Yeah, I th I th it looks like they're going to just take a knee here. So Reese under the center, drops down, takes a knee. The clock is at triple zero. And the Tigers and Yellow Jackets head to the locker room. And after one half of play from Energy Field at Yellow Jackets Stadium in Mount Vernon, Ohio, it's the Mansfield Senior Tigers 24, the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets 0. You are listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. Buying your dream home is something that you'll never forget, but the process can also bring stress. Finding the right house, making the right offer, selling your old house. Don't let the process become overwhelming. Instead, let Joshua Kennedy with Coldwell Banker Maddox McCleary Realtors take on the burden for you. He was born, raised, and lives right here in North Central Ohio. 
Serving the area for nearly 10 years, Joshua Kennedy can help you sell your house and put you in your dream home today. He's always accepting new clients, so give him a call today at 419-571-1699. That's 419-571-1699. Or email jkennedy305 at gmail.com. Joshua Kennedy of Coldwell Banker Maddox McCleary Realtors, working for you and with you from beginning to end to make the process as smooth and as enjoyable as possible. jkennedy305 at gmail.com. When the struggle is real and you're trying to avoid that 230 feeling, how does a nice bubble tea or hot coffee sound? At Ah Tea's mobile concession stand, they offer a nice variety of over 15 flavors of tea and coffee. Ah Tea's travels all over North Central and Central Ohio during fair season. Whether it's a graduation, birthday party, farmer's market, or street fair, Ah Tea's is your answer for any specialty event. Call co-owner Chef Linda Golden at 740-244-2249. Locally owned and operated, the Life Support Team is North Central Ohio's premier medical service, providing emergency, non-emergency, and standby medical coverage 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Their paramedics and EMTs provide the highest quality care in your time of need. If you need medical transportation, call the Life Support Team, 419-522-2020. If you want to become a member of the Life Support Team, give them a call, 419-522-2020. Would you like to be a crucial part of Mansfield Tiger sports and help our Tiger athletes and students? Then join the Tiger Booster Club. Opportunities are available for our Tiger community to assist the Booster Club with Tiger Bingo on Sundays and Tuesdays at the Baco Grotto Hall and to work all concession venues and special events when needed. Our mission is to provide sports teams and students with much-needed funds for uniforms, travel, camps, pregame meals, and much more. To join, call Stan Gilbert, President, at 419-631-0792. BP Electric of Ohio doesn't supply electricity, but they do keep the power flowing to meet the needs of your family and business. Using only qualified electricians, BP Electric of Ohio has been serving the entire state since 2003. Their service department offers a full range of residential electrical maintenance services, including panel changes, fixture replacement, outlet repair, exterior services, and more. BP Electric of Ohio is located in downtown Lexington and online at bpelectricofoh.com. Proud to be the presenting sponsor on VSBN Radio. Want a chance to win $4,800? Then come to Firefighter Bingo on 4th Street in Mansfield and play their most popular game, the horse race. Doors open at 4 p.m. with early bird games starting at 6.30 p.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday located inside of the Mansfield Fire Museum. They offer a full concession stand. You must be 18 or older to play. That's Firefighter Bingo at 1265 West 4th Street in Mansfield. So I switched my insurance to State Farm and get this. I talked to an actual State Farm agent who lives in my actual town. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town gave me actual help with the coverage I needed. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town who gave me actual help actually knows my name. And get this. They actually say it's called service. Insurance with a local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Gary Fagan in Mansfield today. This is Coach Bradley, and you're listening to Tiger Football on VSBNRadio.com. Go Tigers! Welcome back to Energy Field at Yellow Jacket Stadium in Mount Vernon, Ohio, on the campus 
of Mount Vernon High School, where the Mansfield Senior Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 24 to zero at the half. And the Tiger Marching Band on the field right now. Um, pretty great, pretty pretty solid half of football, I'd say, Craig, for the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Uh, as we stated several times, really the only thing that was stopping the Tigers was themselves with penalties. I will say this, uh, I, I'm surprised that uh, they've th thrown the ball as much as they have because uh, it was my understanding from what I saw and what I heard last week when, when Madison beat Mount Vernon, uh, they basically did it exclusively by running the ball right at them. So I came into the game thinking, especially given how Mansfield had run the ball so far during conference play, that we would see a lot more run than we have. But, uh, I mean, you can't argue with the results. You know, you're shutting them out, and you you know, 24 nothing. Uh, so, you know, the offense is clearly moving just fine. Uh, it just, like I said, I, I was a little, little surprised. I was expecting a little bit more run, but I bet you we'll see a lot more run here in the second half. Um, you know, because I think uh, Coach Bradley's going to want to just, you know, uh, like the old, uh, well, they've done, Mansfield's done it earlier this year as well how Alabama used to win games where they would just get the lead and then they would just power run, power run, and, you know, eat the clock yep. and, you know, the old boa constrictor type uh, football. Yeah, so the Yellow Jackets will get the ball to start the second half, but you all know the rule. If the Tigers can get up by 30 or more, it will be a running clock. So definitely a point of emphasis for Coach Bradley in the locker room is uh, we're going we're gonna to try and just chew clock in the second half. I mean, you want to keep – Keep uh, the foot on the gas and keep a positive momentum going forward, especially with a chance next week against Madison, who's playing some good football right now after mm -hmm. the, the victory last week against Mount Vernon. They're leading right now. Um, just, just you want to keep all the momentum trending in the right direction heading into next week, a chance to win the Ohio Cardinal Conference outright if they can finish the job here in Mount Vernon. An interesting um, – Again, we mentioned we don't have John Davis tonight doing stats for us, so we don't have live stats, but we have been keeping track a little bit on our own. An interesting stat tonight, 14 penalties in this contest in the first half. The Tigers have eight. The uh, Yellow Jackets have six of them. And if you recall last week, we talked about how clean the game was in terms yeah. of penalties. There were eight total penalties last week in uh, 48 minutes of football, three for the Tigers and five for the Generals. So, um, Mansfield already has double and then some the amount of penalties from last week. So I think that's one of the bigger things heading into the second half is let's just play a clean half of football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you said it uh, earlier, uh, you know, pretty early on that it was getting chippy, and, and that's, the, you know, the penalties are, are, are showing that. Um, you know, we saw, we've you know, we've seen some – more mental mistakes, I think, from Mansfield's side. The uh, illegal man downfield, uh, guys jumping off sides on defense, where uh, I think Mount Vernon, you've seen more frustration penalties with the uh, the uh, uh, face masks, the uh, personal foul on the, the punt that, you know, rolled down and nobody ever touched because everybody was watching the WWE match going on at midfield there. Um you know, and it's, it's been a long season for the Yellow Jackets, so there's going to be some frustration, uh, and especially on senior night. 
Uh, but if you're the Tigers, you can't you can't get sucked into that. You can't uh, you can't lose your focus. And, and you know, even if you're not, you know, we did see one unsportsman. Well, we saw two. I take that back. I forgot about Duke Reese's uh, uh, dunk there <laughs> over the goalpost. But uh, you know, most of seniors has been uh, Mansfield seniors has been has been mental stuff. Like I said, the not lining up right. So. You, you have a guy going downfield illegally and, the, you know, the lining up offsides on defense. So I, I agree with you. I think if, uh, you know, Coach Bradley's in that locker room telling him let's, let's get the 30 and get this running clock and then just, you know, eat the clock up and let's play a clean half of football. Because realistically, the penalties have been something that snake bit them all year long. Last week was the first week where, you know, the, the penalties were were tolerable, I would say. Uh, most of the other games, it's it's been it's been eight plus penalties, uh, and you know when you're thinking of postseason aspirations, you can't you can't have mental mistakes like that. Yeah, and I was just gonna say that. I mean, ne- I mean last week a really um, clean performance, and uh, I mean next week is your last chance before running out of second chances. Yeah, I mean come postseason time, you don't have. Uh, I mean, if you if you win, you have a chance to improve upon the prior week's performance. But if your penalties prove too costly, you don't have a chance to redeem yourself if you if you lose the game. So, it's definitely a big thing to watch in the second half here tonight. A big thing to pay attention to next week. A big rivalry game between the Rams and the Tigers. So, definitely want to play a clean half of football here. We're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be back with the scoring recap from the first half. And we'll look at some scores in the area. You're listening to the VSPN Halftime Show on GoTigers.com. Locally owned and operated, the Life Support Team is North Central Ohio's premier medical service, providing emergency, non-emergency, and standby medical coverage 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Their paramedics and EMTs provide the highest quality care in your time of need. If you need medical transportation, call the Life Support Team, 419-522-2020. If you want to become a member of the Life Support Team, give them a call, 419-522-2020. Would you like to be a crucial part of Mansfield Tiger Sports and help our Tiger athletes and students? Then join the Tiger Booster Club. Opportunities are available for our Tiger community to assist the Booster Club with Tiger Bingo on Sundays and Tuesdays at the Baco Grotto Hall and to work all concession venues and special events when needed. Our mission is to provide sports teams and students with much-needed funds for uniforms, travel, camps, pregame meals, and much more. To join, call Stan Gilbert, President, at 419-631-0792. BP Electric of Ohio doesn't supply electricity, but they do keep the power flowing to meet the needs of your family and business. Using only qualified electricians, BP Electric of Ohio has been serving the entire state since 2003. Their service department offers a full range of residential electrical maintenance services, including panel changes, fixture replacement, outlet repair, exterior services, and more. BP Electric of Ohio is located in downtown Lexington and online at bpelectricofoh.com. Proud to be the presenting sponsor on VSBN Radio. Want a chance to win $4,800? Then come to Firefighter Bingo on 4th Street in Mansfield and play their most popular game, the horse race. Doors open at 4 p.m. with early bird games starting at 6.30 p.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday located inside of the Mansfield Fire Museum. They offer a full concession stand 
You must be 18 or older to play. That's Firefighter Bingo at 1265 West 4th Street in Mansfield. So I switched my insurance to State Farm and get this. I talked to an actual State Farm agent who lives in my actual town. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town gave me actual help with the coverage I needed. And get this. My actual agent in my actual town who gave me actual help actually knows my name. And get this. They actually say it's called service. Insurance with a local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Gary Fagan in Mansfield today. This is Coach Bradley, and you're listening to Tiger Football on VSBNRadio.com. Go Tigers. Welcome back to the VSBN Halftime Show. A pretty solid first-half performance by the Tiger offense and defense. Besides a few costly penalties, um, we will take you back through the scoring drives. In the first quarter, with 11-19 left to go, it was the Tigers getting on the board early. Duke Reese 32-yard run touched a 32-yard touchdown run to put the Tigers up seven to nothing. Later in the first quarter, with 4:08 left to go on the clock, it was a five-yard Duke Reese passing touchdown to Lala Owens wide open in the back of the end zone. In the second quarter, it took a while for the Tigers to get back on the board, but they got a field goal from Quinton DeBolt from 31 yards. Beautiful kick from DeBolt, and then later in the second quarter. With 1.12 left to go, Jameer Tank Petty ran it into the end zone from the four-yard line. So that's where we stand. The Tigers leading 24 to nothing. Um, I mean, anytime you can shut a team out, you know the defense is doing something right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like I said, the Tigers have had a little bend in them, not much. But, yeah, they've, they've played a fantastic game defensively. Um, there was a couple times where – Luck was on their side down here on the one end zone where uh, Askew ran that wheel route uh, or was uh, in the stack formation and the receiver broke in and both backs, defensive backs went with him. Uh, Askew was open and the quarterback overthrew him. But outside of that, I can't, I can't think of any big plays where it was like, whoa, Mount Ver you know, the Jackets almost scored on that one. You know, that was the only one. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Tigers, uh, the Tigers have, have uh, played great defense tonight. Uh, and the thing is, is like I said, uh, you know, we we've called Mo Bradley's name one time, so it's been a you know a complete and total team domination here uh, by the Tigers' defense. It's it's been really cool to watch. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, I mean, offensively for the Yellow Jackets was uh, there late in the second quarter when. Jake Taylor completed that pass to Hayden Higgins over the middle of the field where he got down inside the 30-yard line. And with just about a minute left to go, it looked like maybe the Yellow Jackets were going to put some points on the board. But then the Tigers got their first turnover of the night with three seconds left to go. Dalen McGinty picked off the quarterback, Taylor. So great defensive performance for the Tigers, great offensive performance for the Tigers to be up 24 to nothing here so far in Mount Vernon. And let's go ahead and take a look at some scores from around the area. And, Craig, we, you and I were talking during that last break. There are some interesting scores so far this evening. Mm -hmm. So in Ashland, the Arrows, uh, senior night for them against the Worcester Generals, they lead in the third quarter by a score of 27 to nothing. Definitely not something I had envisioned. No, me neither. After, I, I, after what we saw last week. Yeah, I expected Ashland to win, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, um... Other OCC action in the third quarter, the Madison Rams 
lead the Lexington Minutemen by a score of 13-7. So after Madison picked up their first win of the season last week, 38 to nothing against Mount Vernon, they keep the train rolling and they lead the Minutemen. Yeah, one thing that uh, even going back a couple weeks ago that me and Nick talked about, you know, off air when we're looking at the scores and stuff, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, we kind of, you know, as a Madison grad, it was painful, but, you know, we, we – we kind of was like, man, Madison's really bad. But every week you could see in the scoreboard that it looked like they were playing better and better. And then I think the turning point for them might have been that game where they barely lost to West Holmes because, the you know, they turn around and then they put up a heck of a fight versus New Philly. And next thing you know, they're beating Mount Vernon. And here they are. They're leading Lexington. So, uh, you know, that, that game next week is looking bigger and bigger. Because uh, it looks like maybe Madison's finally figured something out over there. Yeah, and uh, we'll take a halt here in the uh, halftime scores. John Davis, we told you that we told you guys that they would be pestering us tonight. Yeah, we got a group chat, uh, but John just texted us: the Tigers have shut out their opponents in 14 of 22 quarters of OCC play. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we're talking about scores tonight. We'll talk about the lack of scores. This Tiger defense has been. Very impressive in this 2023 high school football campaign. Uh, looking at some more scores around the area, the Crestview Cougars trail the Western Reserve Rough Riders by a score of 12 to 14. Uh, sorry, Nick, the Clear Fork Colts trail the Highland Fighting Scots by a score of 3 to 14. Um, River Valley trails Galleon by a score of 14 to 28. Danville leads. Gilead by a score of 22 to 6. Well, as usual, that's that's a very important score up in Mansfield. The Lucas <laughs> Cubs lead Fort Laramie by a score oh, of 20, really? by 20 to nothing. So wow. imp impressive performance there for the Cubs. Marion Harding trails Pleasant by a score of 21 to nothing. And this is probably the most shocking score of the evening from two uh, teams in second place right now in the OCC standings. West Holmes leads New Philadelphia at halftime by a score of three to nothing. Yeah, so that, that just sounds like an ugly bar fight over there. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, definitely something I didn't have in mind uh, in that game for West Holmes to be leading by three. At, well, we did, we did say in pregame that we figured we didn't know what the score would be, but we knew it would be a physical tough game. And, you know, when you got a score of three to nothing, then, you know, it sounds like, it's a physical tough game. Yeah, so, and then another impressive score, Shelby and Ontario. This is a massive MOAC game. If Shelby wins tonight, they have a chance to get in a tie um, for the conference championship. And then if Ontario wins, they're undefeated, of course, they can clinch the outright championship with a victory. So a big game brewing over there. Ontario leads Shelby by a score of 24 to 22 at halftime. Oh, so Ontario came back on that one. Wow. Yeah, okay. Shelby was up uh, 22 to 14, I think. I'm not entirely sure what that score was last time we ran it off, but a good game brewing in Richland County. Uh, Colonel Crawford leads 34 to nothing over Mohawk. Tiffin Columbian leads the Norwalk Truckers by a score of 44 to 7. The Cary Blue Devils lead Upper Sandusky by a score of 51-8. to eight. So that wraps it up for local scores for now. We will keep you posted on those conference games, especially as those are super important, and that Shelby and Ontario game. But we're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll be back with some college football. You're listening to the VSPN Halftime Show on GoTigers.com. 
Locally owned and operated, the Life Support Team is North Central Ohio's premier medical service, providing emergency, non-emergency, and standby medical coverage 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Their paramedics and EMTs provide the highest quality care in your time of need. If you need medical transportation, call the Life Support Team, 419-522-2020. If you want to become a member of the Life Support Team, give them a call, 419-522-2020. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back to uh, Energy Field, Yellow Jacket Stadium, where the Tigers lead at halftime by a score of 24 to nothing. Aiden Chandler joined alongside Craig Jackson, and Craig is going to go ahead and preview this weekend in college football. Well, uh, obviously the game most people are going to be watching is going to be the Ohio State at Purdue game. Uh, Interesting stat on this that I heard this week, uh, even though Ohio State's favored by 19 and a half, um, Ohio State is is, uh, 5-8 at Purdue since, I think, 2000, I think is what the stat was. And that was shocking to me that – that that but you know then you I thought about it and you go back to that year you know it looked like they were heading to the national championship game and they go over there and they got waxed by the Boilermakers um you know so and Purdue's one of them places where it's just always tough to play you know it's 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 just it's just it's just a it's just an odd for whatever reason it's just tough to play there yeah I don't think it's going to be easy for the Buckeyes by any means um but it's it's definitely better that that game is at noon yeah. for the Buckeyes rather than a primetime game. Yeah, and and it might be a little bit of a trap game because they have the you know the Nittany Lions right around the corner, so you know they better come out focused on that one because that one you know it's happened before it could come up and surprise them. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, honestly, when it comes to ranked matchups, I mean tomorrow uh, the Pac-12 soon to be Pac-2 maybe Mountain West, who knows. Uh, it, it, they have the spotlight because you have number eight Oregon going to number seven Washington, which is going to be a fan, uh, should be a fantastic game. You got two uh, Heisman candidates there: Bo Nix, quarterback of Oregon; Michael Penix, quarterback of Washington. Uh, should be a great game, a fantastic game. I can't wait to see that game. Yeah, two guys that have been in college football for a while now. Um, Michael Penix used to play quarterback at Indiana before he got hurt. Then he transferred to Washington, and those are two teams that are going to be in the Big Ten next year. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of teams from the pack that are joining the Big Ten, the uh, another big ranked matchup involving them, uh, 18 UCLA going to uh, one of the the last two remaining pack schools, uh, number 15 Oregon State. Uh, that could be a very interesting game as well. Unfortunately, they're pretty much, uh, you know. Uh, the, uh, you're not going to see matchups like that. Uh, and for Oregon State, I feel bad for them because they have a very rabid fan base, even though they haven't been that great over the years. And it just it's just unfortunate that they're, you know, last year was a building year, and this year they're really starting to show. And next year they're, you know, who knows where they're going to be. Yeah, I think it's interesting as we as we get ready to transition to another big contest. We talked about this last week. We talked about the matchup between Notre Dame and Louisville as Notre Dame was going into Louisville against the 25th ranked team in the nation, and we didn't think much of it. I mean, it was a good yeah. it was a good it was going to be a good contest, a highly competitive game between both teams. Louisville actually shocked Notre Dame 
and took them down. So that was a pretty neat performance, and Notre Dame's got a big one this week. Oh, yeah, they got uh, USC coming to town. And uh, I'm not sure what to think of this matchup because of how Notre Dame looked against Louisville. Just for the simple fact that USC, although they've got incredible offense, their defense is hot garbage. And I can't emphasize the words hot garbage enough to tell you how bad their defense is. Their defense was one of the one, one of the worst bottom like 10 last year or something like that, and it's actually worse this year. It is amazing how bad that defense is. And, I mean, if you're Notre Dame, I guess if you're, you, you know, you've been struggling a little bit on offense, uh, I guess this is the defense you want to play. Uh, and it's at home, and uh, it's a primetime game, so, you know, maybe the Fighting Irish upset, uh, upset the Trojans. I don't know because, I mean, Goodness sakes, Arizona almost did it last week. Yeah, yeah, triple, <laughs> and they triple. were down to like their third string quarterback, and they took them into a double overtime. So uh, there could be some very entertaining games tomorrow. Yeah, uh, USC has allowed forty one points the last two games, forty one to a Traver, Travis Hunterless Colorado team two weeks ago, and then forty one points to Arizona in the uh, triple overtime thriller. Yeah, and they were up so big on Colorado too, so big. Yeah, I think. 25 30 points and they almost lost that one because the defense gave up gave up all those points. I mean, I it it's it's almost monumental how bad that defense is. Yeah, for all you uh, coach prime fans out there, Colorado 4 and 2 takes on 1 and 4 Stanford this week. So, uh they look to get to 5 and 2 after only after having a rough campaign a year ago. But both teams are out on the field here at Mount Vernon. The Tigers getting ready to kick it away to the Yellow Jackets. Askew back to receive it for the Yellow Jackets. Quentin DeBolt on the kick for the Tigers. Play clock. There they go. They signal the play clock. 12 minutes on the clock here in the third quarter. The Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 24 to nothing. The ball on the tee at the 40-yard line. Quentin DeBolt. Getting ready to kick it away. Is he going to boot it? Is he going to squib it? He boots it. Up the right side. Oh. <laughs> and that one, just like the prior touchback, bounces at about the two-yard line straight yeah. into the end zone. So Askew won't even bother picking it up. <laughs> Yellow Jackets will take over at the 20-yard line with uh, who? Well, they got Taylor and Richards in the game. Richards has lined up at wideout tonight occasionally, but he also played a majority of the snaps at quarterback in that first half, but it looks oh, like we got a Taylor, rabbit on oh, the we got field. a bunny on the field. We have a rabbit on the field. This is something you <coughs> see like on a uh, late night Sports Center top ten. The bunny rabbit is across the five. Oh, and he runs out of, bound at the, out of bounds at the two yard line. He's trying line, to save so. some clock. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to, <laughs> trying to punch one in there. So uh, Taylor takes the snap, drops back, Looks for Gregory, who catches the ball just past the 20-yard line at about the 23. Out of bounds at the 24. That's going to be a gain of four. It'll be second and six for the Yellow Jackets. Uh, that was, that's not something you see very often no. in uh, high school football. But uh, we're not even close to Easter time. Yeah. And Bunny's out on the field. So I was waiting for all the Easter eggs to drop out of the helicopter, <laughs> but we didn't get it. So... Guess I'll have to wait a couple months. Taylor, hands to Askew. Askew kind of runs right into a group of Tigers, McGinty, Mo Bradley, and 
Nye Petty. Nye Petty in there. Yeah, yeah they, they tried to uh, kind of run a sweep there, and uh, McGinty, he was the first guy uh, there that the, the, the blockers were trying to block, and he just – it was like a brick wall. He did not move, and that uh, – didn't give us Askew anywhere to go, and then uh, he caught a hold of Askew, and the rest of the Tigers came in and took him down. The Mount, the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets have a lot of pre-snap movement between uh, Askew and Hayden Higgins, and there's motion again. He sends Gregory in motion, drop back, takes a snap, throws out to Gregory, a little little screen pass, and Gregory takes a big hit by Nate Dismuke over here on the Yellow Jackets sideline. That's going to be a gain of three, bringing up fourth and six. Out comes the Yellow Jackets punt unit, and that's exactly what you want if you're Coach Bradley from your defense to start the second half. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there was no fool in the Tiger defense there. They tried, you know, they tried to, you know, the sweep and then uh, the pass play. So no fake punt this time from the Yellow Jackets. That punt sails to about the Yellow Jacket 46-yard line. Bounces a couple times, touched by a Yellow Jacket. And the ref will spot the ball at the 44-yard line. So that is a 31-yard punt. Yeah, surprisingly, that's the first punt we've seen by Mount Vernon tonight where they didn't get a big roll. Uh, the ball just kind of hit the ground and uh, just died. Yeah, so big three and out for the Tiger defense. Duke Reese marches the offense onto the field. Now they scooched it up to almost the 45. Yes, yeah, so you got Tank Petty in it running back. Nate Dismuke, single receiver to the right. And Reese in the shotgun. Almost, oh, he's going to call a false start. Yep. Nye Petty moved there. Just like gathered himself, it looked like. And the ref threw his flag. So that'll back the Tigers up five yards to the 40-yard line where it'll be first and 15. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's one of those where... I mean, it almost looked like he just almost like took a deep breath like he was getting ready to take off and just him making that like sucking in motion or whatever you want to call it just by taking inhaling that deep breath was enough to have the, the ref uh, throw the flag. So that's the ninth penalty on the Tigers tonight. Reese takes a snap, hands the tank Petty. Petty across the 45. Nice run here down to the 48-yard line. That'll be an eight-yard carry on first and 15. We'll set up second and seven for the Tiger offense. Zion Brown comes into the game. Ty Petty, or Tank Petty, excuse me, heads to the sideline. Yeah, as you said, good run by Petty there just off to the, to the right side. Makes it a nice second and manageable for the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers, uh, Brown gets the handoff here. He's across the 50, across the 45, down into Yellow Jacket territory, and they're going to spot that one at the 41-yard line. Nice little carry there by Zion Brown. I was just going to say before that play got or before that ball got snapped, Tigers are making sure they don't get any illegal or ineligible man uh, men downfield as the near side receiver was very certain that he was off the line and Lala Owens was lined up on the line. So Lala Owens, the tight end on the right side, Reese takes a snap, hands to Brown. Brown another good run on first down, two yards, the gain sneaks forward to make it second and eight here for the Tiger offense. Yeah, here's the here's the run game we thought at halftime we might see more of in the second half. Uh, and uh, Tiger's milking the clock here a little. Uh, play clock under 20. So Jermaine Bradley, Lala Owens, and Nate Dismuke out to the right. Reese takes the snap, hands to Brown. Brown gets the handoff across to the 35-yard line. So that'll be a gain of four. 
on second and eight. So it'll be third and four for the Tiger offense. They're just chew clock here. Yeah, I, I really honestly wouldn't be surprised even if they don't get it here unless there's a penalty or there's a big sack. I wouldn't even be surprised if they go for it on fourth because, like we've said a couple times tonight, uh, they could pretty much get anything they want on offense as long as they don't do a penalty. All right, so Reese in the gun. Zion Brown behind him, running back. Fakes the handoff to Brown. Looks downfield, rolls out to his left. He's going to run for this one, and he's going to get it. Out of bounds at about the 29-yard line. So that'll be a six-yard gain. First down, Tigers. Yeah, he dropped back to pass in uh, Mount Vernon, one of the few times they were able to get pressure tonight. But uh, Duke Reese showing his speed and athleticism just outran the defense and got the first down, setting up Mansfield with uh, the, the Tigers with a whole new set of downs. And uh, here they are, you know, as we said, milking the, milking the clock. Well, we got another officials timeout here, setting the resetting the clock. Eight twenty-four. So they had three the first time, three the second time, and six seconds to the clock this time. Not that that's important, but I just thought I'd point it out. So does that mean next time it'll be nine? Either nine or twelve. It's either doubling or not sure. So Reese takes the snap out of the gun, fakes the handoff to Brown, looks downfield. Yeah, that ball's tipped at right. Number two of the Yellow Jackets, Ethan Young, was in Reese's face. I mean, he could have picked that ball off and taken that one to the house. Yeah, he, he jumped up and uh, tipped that one, and it went straight up in the air. And uh, if he could have gathered that in, it just would have been be between him and, and Duke Reese with a foot race. I take Reese. Yeah, I probably would too. <laughs> so uh, second and ten, little little break there for the Tigers. Um but that was a good play by Young, man. Yeah, absolutely. Got through the line very quick. So Reese takes the snap, fakes the handoff to Brown, looks downfield for the end zone. Number 14, Nate Dismuke runs under it, and he catches it for a Tiger touchdown. A 29-yard strike from Duke Reese to Nate Dismuke puts the Tigers up by a score of 30-0 with 8-10. Left to go here in the third quarter. A beautiful pass. Absolutely. There by Reese. Absolutely beautiful pass and beautiful catch by Dismuke too. He, he had to turn on the Jets a little bit to catch up to it, but he got there and he just cradled that ball perfectly. I mean, you can't draw it up any better than that. That's about as good as you're ever going to see. So uh, one of the officials blew the whistle because the clock was still running, but the Tigers are up 30 now, so they should be running the clock. And the uh, clock manager was right here. The ref was wrong. Tigers are up 30, so that clock ticks to bolt on for the PAT. McGinty to hold. Kick is up. And the kick is good. With seven minutes and 35 seconds remaining in the third quarter, it's the Mansfield Senior Tigers 31, the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets 0. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. Would you like to be a crucial part of Mansfield Tiger sports and help our Tiger athletes and students? Then join the Tiger Booster Club. Opportunities are available for our Tiger community to assist the Booster Club with Tiger Bingo on Sundays and Tuesdays at the Baco Grotto Hall and to work all concession venues and special events when needed. Our mission is to provide sports teams and students with much-needed funds for uniforms, travel, camps, pregame meals, and much more. To join, call Stan Gilbert, President, at 419-631-0792. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. 
Yeah, and that kid, Duke Reese, just threw a beautiful 29-yard pass to Nate Dismuke, just kind of floated it up and let Dismuke run, run under it, and Dismuke caught the ball in the end zone for the T.Y. Tiger touchdown. So with the, uh, the rule in high school football, when a team gets up by 30, the clock runs, but it only stops for uh, change of possession and injury, yeah. I believe, and, of course, timeouts. Um, but here they go. They'll run it. DeBolt to kick it away. Johnny Askew back to receive for the Yellow Jackets. DeBolt kicks it from the 40-yard line, and I was just going to say I bet he boots it down there. Oh, that was a perfect kick. A little bit of backspin, and Askew recovers it at the two-yard line, slides out of bounds. So uh, not ideal field position there by the Yellow Jackets and a beautiful uh, little little pitching wedge there from Quentin DeBolt. Yeah, yeah, he, he drilled that one, and like you said, it, it hit it to two, and this time instead of rolling into the end zone, it checked up, and uh, Askew didn't have any choice. He had to jump on it, or else the Tigers would have gotten it right there first and goal. Yeah, we talk about, I, I mentioned earlier, the special teams unit for the Tigers and how special they are, and if, if DeBolt can get comfortable with doing something like that, that's going to be really big um, as these games get bigger uh, as we get down the stretch here the regular season heading into the postseason. So fantastic kick there by DeBolt. The ball spotted at the three-yard line for Taylor in the Mount Vernon Yellow Jacket offense. Taylor drops back a screen pass out to Richards. Does he get out of the end zone? Looks like he does. Oh, that was close. That was really close. He got tackled at the one-yard line, and they're going to say his forward progress uh, was stopped before the, uh, the Tigers drove him into the end zone. But that was a big cheer over there from the Tiger faithful. Packed the stands pretty well on this uh, chilly October evening, 59 degrees of the temperature right now. Um, bad night to wear shorts, Greg. Yeah, well, I, I finally, I finally uh, put put my uh, put my little jacket on. It, it was hot when we got here, but uh, yeah. the sun went down. This wind picked up, so Taylor takes the snap. Hands to Askew. Is Askew able to get out of the end zone? Oh, that's close. They're gonna oh, say they're going to say he got it. Wow. That, that ball's spotted at the uh, half yard line. I was going to say he lost yardage. Well. Technically, he didn't because they were already at the one, but uh, they're probably at the six-inch line now, if not not sh shorter than that. Yeah, so uh, third and 12.75 uh, yards yeah. here <laughs> for the Yellow Jackets backed up against the wall here. And, I, I mean, if you're Coach Bradley and the Tiger defense, you're sending the house here. I mean, yeah. as long as as long as long your uh, coverage guys are able to lock up their defenders, which they've been doing a very good job of tonight, I mean, no reason not, why not to bring pressure. So they got Mount Vernon's got two receivers out to the left and two to the right. Taylor drops back, looks downfield, lobs it up for Richards, and that ball is batted away by number 26 of the Tigers, Ty Pickett. That was fantastic coverage by Pickett on Richards there. Yeah, it really was. And uh, the quarterback from Mount Vernon, I mean, he had uh, McGinty breathing right down on his neck, and he actually got off a really good ball considering the coverage he had. But just a great play there by the Tiger defender. And now I'm curious to see this since the punter's been lining up 22 yards behind the center on these punts. Now he's about nine yards behind the center. Yeah, this is scary here, Craig. Ethan Young, the punter for Mount Vernon with his foot basically on the end line. And that punt really doesn't go anywhere. I'm not sure if the Tigers got a hand on it or not, but it rolls out of bounds at the Mount Vernon 20. Whoa, that is a – Insanely generous spot. Okay, he's marching it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the 32, that ball did not make it to the 32. No. He's going to spot it at the 28-yard line. A great 
defensive series. And the Tiger defense doing exactly what I'm sure they were asked of at halftime in the locker room is to come out here and uh, just just take it to the Mount Vernon uh, offensive line. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they got a, a hand on that because the ball came out and it was kind of helicoptering. It, there wasn't much of a, a normal spin to it for a punt. It, it was really weird. So 458 and counting. Tiger offense takes over in Yellow Jacket territory. The ball is at the 29-yard line. Reese takes a snap, hands it off to number 15, Ryan Awe, who takes it down to the 25-yard line. That's a gain of four, second and six. So Ryan Awe actually came in and played quarterback last week for the Tigers when they were up handedly on the Generals. He's in at running back now. So Brown and Petty are likely done for the night, I'd assume. The Tigers up 31 to nothing. No reason in trying to get those players injured here. So Reese, with all in the backfield, takes a snap. Hands to All. All gets through the line. Fights forward for a couple of yards. Looks like he picked up two on the play. Ball down to the 23-yard line. It'll bring up third and four for the Tiger offense. Yeah, there was a big hole there initially, but uh, Mount Vernon did a pretty good job of closing it up. But uh, all still got a couple yards, so brings it up uh, third and very manageable. Yeah, they uh, still have Nipetti out there at receiver and Lala Owens and Jermaine Bradley. So not the seconds yet. Ryan all takes a handoff from Reese, lowers his head, really doesn't get much, maybe a gain of one on the play. Fourth and three. I mean, with a running clock, you're in this position. They're going to send out the, the field goal unit. So give DeBolt a chance to uh, grow his already high confidence. He'll get a chance here and a field goal. The ball spotted at the 23-yard line. This will be 39 if my math is correct, which I think that will be a season long. Yep, yep. 38 was his long last week. He got his season long last week with a 38-yard field goal at Worcester. So he's on for the 39-yard attempt. McGinty, the holder, snaps away. Hold is down. Kick is up. It's got the distance. Oh, oh. and it just is blocked off the upright. So nice kick there by DeBolt. Just a little bit left. Hits the upright. So with uh, 2.55 left to go here in the third quarter, the Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 31 to nothing. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. What's up, Tiger Nation? This is Nick Michaels reminding you to tune in next Friday night, October 20th, week 10, as the regular season is dwindling down to the final week. The Madison Rams come to Arlen Field in the Battle of Mansfield. And the best news is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. That's right. I'll rejoin Craig in the booth next week at 6.30 p.m. on your radio home for Tiger football, Tigers and Rams. It's the Battle of Mansfield on GoTigers.com. Welcome back to Mount Vernon High School. Jake Taylor takes the handoff and barrels forward for a gain of three. So second and seven upcoming here for the Jackets. A little QB draw play. The Tigers swallow that one up pretty quickly. Second and seven. I mean, no sense of urgency here No, for the Yellow Jackets. No, none at all. And, uh, you know, going back to the field goal, they say football is a game of inches. You know, three inches – to the right, and that's 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 a field goal. I mean, just donk right off the upright. Yeah, that's his first uh, missed. No, that's not his first. That's his third missed field goal this season. And the Tigers bring the house a lot of pressure in on the sack. Is number 16, Dalen McGinty, and number 40, Samir Phillips. 
they were in there right away, and uh, Taylor really had no time to make a decision, no time to try no. and run away, no time to throw the ball away. It's a Tiger sack. Yeah, yeah, he he was uh, pretty much as soon as the ball was, was snapped, he, he was under pressure, and uh, I think, honestly, I think he was kind of lucky he didn't drop that ball because uh, Phillips hit him from on the backside. Yeah. And uh, – you know, sometimes when that happens, that ball pops out. So loss of 11 on the play. Third and 18. Taylor takes a snap, throws a screen pass to Askew, who is instantly met by a Tiger. That was McGinty in coverage. Tackles him out of bounds at the 12-yard line. So that's a gain of nothing. And the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets punter, number two, Ethan Young, is back on to punt. So Dismuke is in to return. And you got... Nye Petty to block. So Young's punt is away. It's a higher punt to the right side. Tigers just need to get away. And, oh, that ball takes a bounce backwards. So favorable bounce there for the Tigers. The Yellow Jackets down it at the 31-yard line. So with 46 seconds left to go here in the third quarter, the Tigers are going to get the ball back pretty close to where they just kicked that field goal from. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you were talking about how, uh, you know, you've called uh, Dylan McGinty's name a lot the last couple of weeks. You know, I'm looking here at the notes. Uh, you know, he had seven tackles in three games and out of conference. And since conference play has started, he's got 27 tackles, two and a half sacks, and five and a half tackles for loss, not counting the amazing game he's had tonight. I mean, that kid's been everywhere tonight. Yeah, he kind of flies under the radar, too. I mean, uh, when when other teams are watching film, I mean, especially if they're watching film from the earlier half of the season, they're thinking Ahmad Thomas, Samir Phillips are guys that they need to watch out for on the Tiger defense. But uh, Dalen McGinty has really stepped up big time for this Tiger defense. And uh, no better time to do it than uh, as the postseason approaches. So very impressive performance tonight again from Dalen McGinty. Um, Good to see the Tiger defense overall playing very well as they lead 31, as the Tigers lead 31 to nothing tonight. Coach Bradley just took a timeout. Um, we'll keep you here. I'll try and pull up some scores here on the VSBN scoreboard before we resume play. See, Ashland, Ashland also has a running clock tonight. They lead the Generals by a score of 34 to nothing. Ooh, new Philadelphia punch one in the end zone. Decided, you know what, let's go for two. So they lead the West Holmes Knights in the fourth quarter. By a score of 8-3, to three, Lexington has gained the lead over Madison, scoring a touchdown. They lead 17-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. And so things tightening up, except for the Ashland game in the OCC tonight. Let's see, can we find that Shelby score? Shelby on Ontario, score is still the same since we last reported it. Ontario leads 24-22 to 22 in the third quarter. And then, of course, the most important game for Craig and I tonight, the Mansfield Senior Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 31 to nothing, and that was a muff snap for the Tigers. Number 24, Jordan Ferguson in at quarterback. So it looks like we got the twos in here for the Tigers, and this clock is going to wind down here in the third quarter. And with triple zeros on the clock, after three quarters, the Mansfield Senior Tigers lead the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets by a score of 31 to nothing. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. Would you like to be a crucial part of Mansfield Tiger Sports and help our Tiger athletes and students? 
Then join the Tiger Booster Club. Opportunities are available for our Tiger community to assist the Booster Club with Tiger Bingo on Sundays and Tuesdays at the Baco Grotto Hall and to work all concession venues and special events when needed. Our mission is to provide sports teams and students with much-needed funds for uniforms, travel, camps, pregame meals, and much more. To join, call Stan Gilbert, President, at 419-631-0792. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. So welcome back into the press box here at Energy Field, Yellow Jacket Stadium, Mount Vernon, Ohio. Aiden Chandler alongside Craig Jackson, and the Tigers lead big time 31-0. to as we enter the fourth quarter here, and we got the reserves in for the most part. For the Tigers, you still got Lala Owens, Jermaine Bradley, number 17, Nye Petty, and number 10, Dre Matthews in at receiver for the Tigers. But you got number 24, Jordan Ferguson, the sophomore in at quarterback. So Ryan All takes the handoff from Ferguson <laughs> on second and 18, gains a yard. So it'll be third and 17. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say that uh – you're seeing a lot of fresh white jerseys in there when everybody plays on turf nowadays, but uh, a lot of fresh jerseys anyways. Yeah, so uh, out of the game marches Lala Owens, number 82, Trey Fowler, the freshman in for the Tigers. So a really nice opportunity for some uh, backups to get a chance tonight and some varsity action. I mean, obviously good for the future yes. of the program. Jordan Ferguson, only a sophomore. So he's the, I mean, Duke Reese is senior, right? Next quarterback for the Tigers here next season. Got a flag. Delay a game on the Tigers. I guess it doesn't really matter. It's going to back you up five yards, but that clock still runs. Yeah. <laughs> guess you could get as many of those as you want before. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, they're going to back you up five yards every time, but the play clock's going to reset. That clock's going to keep rolling. So instead of third and 17, it's third and 22. Number 82, Trey Fowler marches in the play for Jordan Ferguson. Ryan All in at tailback. Nye Petty still in re at receiver on the left side. Two receivers out to the right. Ferguson hands the ball off, and this is probably going to be one of those illegal formations. Now they call a false start. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought uh, one of the interior linemen for the Tigers moved. I didn't see the number. Uh, but, again, like you said, at this point, I mean – Clock's still running. Yeah, penalties only uh, bump that play clock back up and keep this clock clock a ticking. So, not, I mean, yeah, field positioning, you, you back the Tigers up, but really these penalties, they uh, add up on the, the box score, but they don't really do much in terms of the entire game. Yeah, I was so. going to say, uh, uh, if, if my count is right, that's, that's 12 on the Tigers so far. So for Ferguson hands to Ryan. Oh, he's got a nice little run there. Gets through the uh, right side of the line, forward for three yards. Uh, the Tigers are going to march the punting unit onto the field, fourth and 24. Obviously, you're not going to go with for that. Go for it with that one. The bolt into punt. Ask you back to return. So I don't know if that that uh, play where there was the false start. I don't know if all had a lane. I mean, he he broke through. I don't know if maybe they just heard the whistle and. Didn't go, and he just kept going. But looked like a solid run on that false start play. The Bolts punts away. It's high. It's a nice one. It bounces at the 15-yard line and takes a Tiger bounce inside the 10. And that ball we is got another. We got another melee here. 
That ball is down at the nine-yard line. And There's it, two flags, one from both sides. I think you're going to have one on number one from Mount Vernon, and then you're going to have one on uh, the Tigers. That was Zion Brown again. Uh, for retaliation. Yeah, number uh, number one of the Yellow Jackets, Luke Hubbard, is actually the guy that ripped off Zion Brown's helmet early in the game. So those two are going at it Yeah, and then he again. was the one that got the face, the face mask, mask on, on uh, the following play. Yeah, just muke. Yeah, so very <laughs> interesting. Those two going at it tonight. So you don't really have backups for the punting unit at the varsity level. No, you really don't. But, I mean, I would think at this point, if you're the coaches for Mount Vernon, you just got to pull Hubbard off to the side and be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's three that's three unsportsmanlike penalties well, in, I th in one game. I think that one might be deems for ejection because I'm pretty sure two unsportsmanlikes and you're out. But the refs are, the refs are discussing something. So – the clock stops for a stoppage in play like this, by the way. The clock is not running. It's at 9.07 and standing still. I mean, unless maybe they – that face mask wasn't an unportsmanlike. It was just a face mask. Well, the one, though, where they were fighting over the middle, the, the big fight on the punt. Was, that, yeah. was, that one was on Hubbard as well. So here yeah. comes the call from the ref. I think. The Tiger – So they're going to punt it again. Yeah. They already moved the chains, though. I'm not – oh, no, they did not move the chains. It was just that long of a fourth down. Okay, yeah. so the <laughs> the punting unit comes back out. DeBolt gets another chance. He, that was a nice punt. He pinned it inside the 10-yard yeah. line. Um, let's see. Zion Brown's on the field. That was not a personal foul on uh, number one of the Yellow Jackets, Luke Hubbard. So they, it was just yeah, an illegal they, hold. They uh, – in my opinion, downgraded it because, yeah, it was a hold, but it was a hold where he threw the d defender onto the ground. And kind of a meaningless – I mean, no one was returning the ball, yeah. so it meant nothing for him to be doing that. Askew wasn't even near the ball, the punt return man. So DeBolt, I guess, just gets another shot here from the 46-yard line. They're going to let that clock run. DeBolt playing game manager here. Yeah. Eight seconds on the play clock, 8.47 on the game clock and counting. The bolt takes a snap. Punt is away. It's a low liner. Askew is going to let it go. The Tigers are going to let it bounce down to the five-yard line. So what a punt. All that to end up pretty much exactly where they were at before. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a punt from the yeah. bolt, though, from the 46 down to the five. That's a 41-yard uh, punt, pinning the Yellow Jacket offense deep into their own territory. So the bolt, I mean, besides that, unfortunate missed field goal from 39 yards where it just hit off the left side of the upright. The Bolts had a really solid game tonight between the kickoffs, the PATs, the field goals, and uh, the punting. Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, kid, the kid's been so so rock solid for this team this year. Uh, Askew takes a handoff. He's met instantly by the Tigers. Who came up off the pile? Looked like number 41, the linebacker for the Tigers, Davion Clark. Davion Clark, excuse me. Nice tackle there by Davion Clark to get inside and bring down Askew for a loss of one on the first and ten. So it'll bring up second and 11 for the Mount Vernon offense from the four-yard line. 
Richards takes a snap, hands it to Askew on the sweep. He's across the 10-yard line, across the 15, across the 20. He's got the edge, but a Tiger defender gets him from behind. The Yellow Jacket wants horse collar. <laughs> They're not going to get it. I th they threw a flag, though. I think it's going to be on the sideline. Yeah, the, the ref was looking right at the coach when he threw the flag, so the coach said something. I would be totally shocked if this isn't some sort of unsportsmanlike conduct on the coach. Yeah, I think uh, – Because the ref is still talking to him, and he's just got his arms out kind of like – like why? Like I think what like, are you doing? Yeah, come on, guys. You're down thirty. You're down thirty-one. There's no reason for anything like that. I mean, seven thirty left to go in the fourth quarter. The refs talking over. Um, likely going to be. I don't think it'd be a sideline warning because it really it wasn't like the ref ran into anybody. No. I think it's going to be a uh, no, unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, that was coaches. that was so. I mean, that was the after the play and everything. And I mean, I was looking at the ref when he threw it and he was just his look on his face as he's looking at the coach is almost like almost exasperation like dude are you kidding me yeah no mean no no reason for that um and i i know they were the coaches were yelling like the fans they were wanting a horse collar but the ref was right there all the wow so, so they actually did call the horse collar, and the coach still went off and still got the penalty. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't know if they were going to call. Like, I don't know if that ref that threw that flag was going to call a horse collar. I think initially he was just going to call the uh, unsportsmanlike on the coach. Uh, but I'm guessing maybe the other refs talked him into it. That's going to be a first down for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, because there was only one flag. Usually yeah. if, if the same guy's throwing two penalties, he throws his flag, then he throws his hat. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be uh, different if someone else threw in a flag, but we only saw one flag on the field there. Interesting series of events, but in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really mean much. So the Yellow Jackets will get a first down. Ball will be spotted at their own 31-yard line. Well, I don't understand why they said horse collar because they didn't advance the ball any. And it's not like a horse collar tackle is when the defender – pulls the the uh, the player down from behind, pulls him backwards. Yeah. Stops his forward momentum and that didn't didn't really seem to be the case. But uh a lot of confusion on the field tonight between all the penalties, just a lot of communication between the refs. It's been an interesting kind of ugly game, but the Tigers lead by score thirty one to nothing. Richards hands the ball off to Gregory he runs to the 40-yard line. That's a big gain for the Yellow Jackets. He's across the 50 into Tiger territory. Out of bounds at the Tiger 44-yard line. That's a nice run there by Maverick Gregory. I mean, if you're the Tigers, the last thing you want to do is let Mount Vernon score here because then you're off the, the running clock. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a 25-yard run by Gregory after the offsetting unsportsmanlike conduct and the horse collar tackle. Uh, apparently, so the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets into Tiger territory once again uh, on the 44-yard line, led by led by Richards. They still got the number ones out, of course. Senior night here. Oh, that's oh, a yeah. false start. The left tackle for the Yellow Jackets was two yards off the line of scrimmage by the time that ball was snapped. I don't. He and he's pointing at the Tigers, like a penalty should be on them, and it's and uh, number. Number 56 of the Tigers, uh, Lamar Ruth is the one that that official is pointing to, and he's all confused. He's like, I didn't even move. That guy was that guy was two yards on our side of the football before that ball was snapped. But we'll see what they call they're here. Gonna, they're going to march it off against the Tigers, but I don't know why. 
I didn't see. Did he just he just called he called delay of delay game of game on the Tigers on the Tigers. That folks that penalty makes no sense because the left tackle of Mount Vernon was two yards downfield before that ball was snapped. The Tigers' defense didn't even move. So anyway, the Yellow Jackets will run it across the 35-yard line down to the 25-yard line. And they're going to throw a flag for a late hit out of bounds on the Tigers. Well, Things are getting A game that was very here. chippy to begin with is going to get extremely chippy because the way these refs have managed his last minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, that was number 22, Ben Fitzpatrick on the carry. And Mount Vernon's going to get the ball around the 10-yard line. Going to be half the distance to the goal after this penalty. Now, if my math is right, that's 15 penalties on Mansfield Sr. tonight. Yeah, that's uh, – And, I mean, some of them were, you know, with with the, the twos in there on offense and all that. But, I mean, Coach Bradley, he's he's he just called timeout, and he's 10 yards out there on, uh, on the field. And while he's yelling at the players, I can see one of the assistant coaches was over there yelling at the line judge. Uh, I thought these guys had done a really good job refereeing this game up until this last minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, this has been a very interesting uh, drive here for the Yellow Jackets, really just fueled by Tiger penalties. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had that big run there, and they had a big run over here by Askew on the sideline where those penalties offset. Uh, I mean, other than those two plays... It's really just been these Tiger penalties that have marched them down the field, barring a few good runs. So, uh, I don't know. Did the uh, Tigers take a timeout? They did. Yeah, they did. To discuss things over. I think Coach Bradley's just like, guys, come on, let's clean this up. There's no reason to be doing yeah. this. We're up 31. We're about to go home. <laughs> let's just play a clean fourth quarter of football. Um, and I think. Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't want to see this clock. He doesn't want, to, want them to score to see this clock go back to a regular clock. Yeah. He wants this to stay a running clock because I don't, he wants to get out of here. I don't think anyone wants to see that clock or the, the score dip under a 30-point margin, but Mount Vernon at the 18-yard line, a little flip to Gregory from Richards. He really doesn't get much. Maybe a gain of one on the play. So second and nine. Oh, goal to, goal to go situation here, actually. Ryan All on the tackle for the Tigers. Goal to go. Ball at the... 10-yard line, so they got four downs to try and punch this one in. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting drive here for the Yellow Jackets, but nonetheless, they're at the 10-yard line. Richards with Gregory on his hip, three receivers to the left. It's going to be quarterback draw. Richards down to the six-yard line for a gain of four. Yeah, that was a quarterback draw, as you said, and he got tripped up by number 20, uh, Terrence Fagan. Uh, you know, yes, the, the clock is still running, but uh, unfortunately I think you're looking at four-down territory for Mount Vernon, and uh, the Yellow Jackets look like they still have most of their ones in. Yeah, third and goal from the six. Richards hands to Gregory. Gregory's going to slip through the defensive line of the Tigers down to the two-yard line. Gain of four on the play, so fourth and goal from the two. And they're keeping the offense out on the field. This is a... Uh, not really a huge play in the grand scheme of things, but a big no. play in terms of this whole running clock thing you we know, got one, going on. The one thing that is kind of weird, uh, so I wonder if maybe he's hurt, is they got all their ones in, or most of their ones in, but they don't have Askew in there. Yeah. 
Their, uh, their best running back not in the game. I don't see him here on the sideline. So Richards hands off to Gregory, and he is stopped by the Tiger defense. Number 25 of the Tigers. I don't, I don't even have a 25 on the roster. No. <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic play there by the underclassmen yeah, to yeah. stop Gregory of the Yellow Jackets, and it'll be a turnover on downs, and uh, we keep the 30-plus point advantage here. And 25, whoever you are, that was a great play. He knifed in there and submarined the running back and took him down. He didn't even get back to the line of scrimmage. Uh, thankfully, uh, you know, great defensive play there keeps this clock running. And uh, hopefully the Tigers can eat up the rest of this clock before uh, the refs decide to throw any more laundry on the field and this gets any, any more chippy. Yeah, loss of one on the play. So it'll be first and ten now for the Tiger offense. And, I mean, the last thing you want to see, it's the last matchup in the OCC between Mount Vernon and Mansfield. And you don't want it really any bad blood after this game. I mean, you want, you, you want them to leave on good terms almost. Not necessarily success, but you don't want anything to get out of control. So Mansfield's going to take their last timeout here of the half, discuss things. We're going to take a quick break. The Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 31 to nothing with 3.29 left to go in the fourth quarter. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. What's up, Tiger Nation? This is Nick Michaels reminding you to tune in next Friday night, October 20th, week 10, as the regular season is dwindling down to the final week. The Madison Rams come to Arlen Field in the Battle of Mansfield. And the best news is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. That's right. I'll rejoin Craig in the booth next week at 6.30 p.m. on your radio home for Tiger football, Tigers and Rams. It's the Battle of Mansfield on GoTigers.com. Well, you know what? Welcome back to Energy Field at uh, Yellow Jackets Stadium. The Tigers lead the Yellow Jackets by a score of 31 to nothing. We want to give credit where credit is due. We found out number 25 of the Tigers is James Owens. So a nice play there on fourth and goal by James Owens. Flags fly on this. Uh, of course, why wouldn't they? First and 10 here for the Tigers. False start. Half the distance to the goal. So the ball goes from the three to the one and a half. <coughs> People asking in the Yellow, ja the Yellow Jackets stands why the clock is running. Well, the clock is running because your team is down by more than 30. Unfortunately, that is how the rules work in high school football. So Ferguson takes a snap, hands the ball off to number 42, Ajaya Evans. So Ajaya Evans on the carry. Gets it back close to the original line of scrimmage from when this drive started. Second and 11, 229 and counting. So <laughs> the Tiger offense. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of flabbergasted a fan yelling about the clock and it's like you're down 31 to nothing with three minutes left do you really think you're going to score 31 points in three minutes <laughs> so ferguson takes a snap in the end zone lobs it up really no one in the area they're gonna say well they're gonna say that 
uh, Dre Matthews was the intended receiver, and he was within five yards, so they're not yeah. going to call intentional Well, I, th I, think, I think what it is is that uh, Matthews just uh, ran the wrong route there. He was running like a post pattern, and uh, uh, the quarterback looked like he was running a, a, a corner route, and he threw it. I mean, he was under pressure, but that's where he threw it, but the receiver ran inside instead of out, so... Well, folks, we have a final from New Philadelphia. The West Holmes Knights defeat the New Philadelphia Quakers by a score of 9-8. to eight. So the Tigers go with the Philly push here. Get a few yards on offense. Ferguson on the keeper to the 7-yard line. I mean, realistically, Hurts. I mean, this is this is might be considered questionably unethical. But if you're Chokey Bradley, you don't even have to snap the ball. You just keep taking penalties yeah. at this point just to end the game. Absolutely. Well, fourth and uh, seven. You know, I mean, you're backed up. Your your guy's going to be punting from inside his uh, own end zone. You can just take a couple, you know, delay of games and not even chance it. <laughs> so back to a C for the Yellow Jackets. Looks like number 25, Cole Smith. Flag on the play for delay a game, and I think uh, that might be what Coach Bradley's doing. Don't even have to snap the ball. We've got some, uh, another final in the OCC. We mentioned that Ashland had a running clock. The score, 34 to nothing. The Arrows defeat the Generals. Lexington, a commanding lead over the uh, Madison Rams in the fourth quarter. They lead 31 to 21. Yeah, so Mansfield's not even going to snap the ball. That's a uh, that's smart, I mean... A smart, smart play there. You don't have to snap the ball when you got the running clock. Why even give well, the ball? I mean, they kind of look like they're going to snap it, but I kind of question. I mean, oh, why there it is. You? Yep. The bolt punts it away. The man from Mount Vernon picks it up. I don't know why he did that, but of course, who other than Dalen McGinty yep. to make the final tackle of the game? So we'll be back with the VSBN post game show. But the final score from Energy Field at Yellow Jackets Stadium, the Mansfield Senior Tigers, 31. The Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets, 0. We'll be back with the postgame show on GoTigers.com. Locally owned and operated, the Life Support Team is North Central Ohio's premier medical service, providing emergency, non-emergency, and standby medical coverage 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Their paramedics and EMTs provide the highest quality care in your time of need. If you need medical transportation, call the Life Support Team, 419-522-2020. If you want to become a member of the Life Support Team, give them a call, 419-522-2020. This is quarterback Duke Reese, and you're listening to the radio home of Tiger football on GoTigers.com. So the final score from Mount Vernon High School, the last OCC matchup, between the Tigers and the Yellow Jackets. The Tigers defeat the Yellow Jackets by a score of 31 to nothing here in Mount Vernon. And uh, this is interesting here as the teams go through the handshake line. The coaches watching very intently. As we mentioned, it was a chippy game, just making sure nothing escalates or nothing, uh, nothing questionable happens here as the Tigers go through the uh, line and uh, making sure that Mount Vernon doesn't do anything either. So, yeah, yeah, the Tigers get the best of Mount Vernon in the last matchup between the two in the OCC and the Tigers. Big win. They are now guaranteed a share of the Ohio Cardinal Conference Championship.
Yeah, and the, you, you you could tell the players know that they're down there. Uh, they're down there celebrating. Good for them. I mean, it's been quite a while, and there's been a couple times where they probably should have had, you know, at least a share, and it just hasn't worked out. So they're they're definitely uh, enjoying this victory and and this uh, share of the conference. Now next week is uh, the week where they become uh, undisputed champs. Yeah, Nate Dismuke very excited down there, flashing the rings. The OCC championship ring. So pretty, they are very, very excited. And that's uh, the Tigers' first at least share of the Ohio Cardinal Conference since 2017. Coach Bradley is saying, you know, this has been a long six years. 2019, obviously the uh, state champion, uh, state runner-up finish for the Tigers. Um, it was an impressive year, but they lost to Worcester. So they, yeah. they actually were not the OCC champions that year. And uh, Coach Bradley down there is actually um, looks like he's pretty uh, – vocal with this team not happy about how they uh, performed in terms of the penalties we mentioned a lot of penalties yeah, tonight yeah if like i said if my math is right which it very well could not be but if my math is right i've got 17 penalties for the tigers and uh seven for mount vernon yeah absolutely you can't you can't have that no going forward um a big game next week to try and win the conference outright and then everyone knows what happens after week 10 in high school football when you're having a good year. So definitely, definitely got to clean it up. Um, but as we said, the final score, 31 to nothing. How would we get there? Well, in the first quarter, with 11-19 left to go, Duke Reese broke free for a 32-yard touchdown run. DeBolt's PAT was good. And then with 4.08 left to go in the first quarter, it was a five-yard passing touchdown from Duke Reese to Lala Owens. Lala Owens wide open in the back of the end zone two weeks in a row that he's had that mm -hmm. um, in the second quarter. I mentioned took a while for the Tigers to score again, but with 4-12 left to go in the second quarter, Quentin DeBolt drilled a 31-yard field goal to make it 17-0. And then with 1-12 left to go in the second quarter, Tank Petty with a four-yard touchdown run to make it 24 to nothing going into the locker room. And then, of course, Dalen McGinty with the lone turnover of the game. He picked off... Uh, Mason Richards of Mount Vernon with three seconds left to go in the first half. And then the la we only had one more score in this game. It was in the third quarter, 8.09 left to go in the third quarter. It's hard to tell because there was a running clock after that, but it was a Duke Reese beautiful 29-yard pass to Nate Dismuke for the final Tiger touchdown of the game. And uh, DeBolt had a chance at a 39-yard field goal there, but he just missed it off the left upright. Still a great kick. Yeah. Great performance by that kid tonight between punting, uh, kickoffs, and uh, the PATs and extra points. So uh, that's how we got here. And the Tigers, 7-2, and 6-0 and in the OCC. One team left to go in the uh, OCC race for the, for the Tigers. Chance to be the OCC outright champions next week in the Crosstown rivalry the Mansfield Tigers. will be, be back at home senior night, unfortunately, I will uh, step aside, and Nick will take back over. Unfortunately for you, Craig, you guys got to oh, put well. up with Nick. But it's uh, been a honor and privilege to cover this football team, and I will definitely be following along the rest of the way and listening to your guys' broadcast. Um, one more time, let's just take a look at some scores as they should have gone final in the area. We mentioned uh, West Holmes with a big victory, 9-8 to eight over New Philadelphia. Yeah, come from behind there. Got a close one brewing in Richland County. 
as it's been close the whole way. Ontario leads Shelby late in the fourth quarter, 31-28. to 28. Mm. Um, River Valley trails Galleon by a score of 35-42. to 42. Things tightening up there. Danville leads 53-20. to 20. Um, What else we got? Of course, the beautiful victory here by the Tigers, 31 to nothing. Tiffin Columbian, that's big for the uh, Region 10 postseason rankings. They beat the Norwalk Truckers 44 to 7. Worcester tr lost to Ashland 34 to nothing. The Arrows reign victorious. Lexington got the victory over Madison tonight. It was close all game, but Lexington edged it out 31 to 21. The final score there. And um, that looks to be Colonel Crawford 41 to 12. Clear Fork lost to Highland by a score of 21 to 11. So that looks to do it. Um, Nick and Craig will get you caught up on the stats from this week. Next week, we mentioned we didn't have John Davis, but great victory for the Tigers tonight. Reigning victorious over the Mount Vernon Yellow Jackets and sealing at least a share of the Ohio Cardinal Conference Football Championship. For Craig Jackson, I'm Aiden Chandler. You're listening to Tiger Football on GoTigers.com. We'll see you next week back in Mansfield.